Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Literally, the 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 <laughs> climax of the film is a giant dragon fart. It is literally <laughs> I have the crux of the plot. Okay. Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going Aaron, on inside the world of CinemaSins. I am Aaron Dicer, and I'm joined, as always, by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Danae Hughes. I'm very patient. We write for <laughs> CinemaSins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the CinemaSins universe as well. Uh, yeah, I was gone. Uh, I'm going to pick a bone right off the bat with you, Danae. What? You started the show that I was gone by saying, once again, Aaron didn't email me <laughs> all the stuff as if. It's not in your email already from the first time, as if you can't look it up what? and find it. I have a script. <laughs> you have. I have shared that script with you. Okay, uh, I'm looking for it right now. Many times. So but she's, you know, she's she's got to be Danae. No, I many see. That's times. the thing. See, this is the thing, Danae. Many times. See, this is the thing. You just need to embrace that. Listen, I'm looking at 50 emails here. Just kind of- <laughs> <laughs> so right up, right off the bat, instead of just embracing your uniqueness uh-huh. and the amazingness that is you and the way the show is different when you host, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. right? You right. throw me under the bus. What is that about? Like Part of my uniqueness. <laughs> nice. Part of my uniqueness is making you feel great. Uh, anyways, uh, I'm glad to be back. Uh, I genuinely missed uh, missed this. What What are you looking at now, Danae? Um, hey, Jonathan, say something. Uh, hello, hello. Okay, okay, sorry. Danae, oh, Danae got distracted because Jonathan hadn't said anything for a while, and so she wondered if his track was recording. I did. I'm sorry. No, no, Listen, you're fine. We, we've just had these things happen in the past where we've lost entire shows. No, that's true. So that's I looked true. over, and I was like, oh! <gasps> No, I, I like to. I like that you were confused. That like, wait, is Jonathan just listening to us? That's really weird. Not, is he not talking over us. He's not talking over us. This isn't a normal show. Uh, I was stupid Skype delay. I was out in the Los Angeles for the Critics' Choice Awards. Had a wonderful time. Rub it in. What? No. I okay. Fine. Uh, uh, let's move on then. Yeah, I thought you guys wanted to talk about no, that. I would. Uh, so so. Uh, hold on. So you have to tell the Andrew Scott story, though, because he said something about he was glad he was behind a hedge. Yes. Yeah. After I got <laughs> done talking. So Andrew Scott is uh, from most recently Fleabag, which has gotten a lot of attention. Yeah. Uh, you, and he's known as the hot priest in Fleabag. Uh, and he's also been in a great episode of Black Mirror. I loved his performance in his episode on Black Mirror. He's also, of course, Moriarty from uh, the BBC Sherlock series. That's where I know him from. Um, and he's great. He's awesome. And so basically, I get done telling him how awesome he is. And uh, and he says something along the lines of, well, I'm glad there's a hedge between us. <laughs> <laughs> 
that is that is awesome. so perfect because i'm stalking man, him was... like you know like like he's he'd be worried if there wasn't a hedge between us that i might attack him or something yeah and so. i'm not great with colors i'm i'm I, I guess i'm colorblind i don't know what you are shade blind or whatever but um, i think it was red that he was wearing he was uh he was rocking that suit oh yeah he had like a red jacket and like yeah. almost like a purple shirt on underneath it it was yeah yeah it was i it was, was like cool. man am i am i into andrew scott huh he, he's attractive. He is an attractive man. That is that is not a lie. Um, and there were a lot of attractive people uh, that walked oh, by. What? On attractive the yeah, I mean, people in I mean, Hollywood? Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, that's sure. terrible. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. He just kept looking down at my feet. I don't I don't know what that was about, but... Uh, <laughs> So did you you talk to Tarantino too, right? Or yes, because you were you took a picture of him. No, well, yeah, I talked to him for a bit because uh, that was after the show was over. They won Best Picture once upon yeah. a time in Hollywood won Best Picture at the Critics Choice Awards, and so he came back into that area behind where I was taking pictures and uh, for Critics Choice, and so took some pictures of him and I think Julia Butters was with him, the girl that's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because she was nominated for Best Young Performer. I call oh, my yeah, dog yeah. Butters. Yeah, she's great. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. It wasn't your dog. It was a. Uh, it was an actress. I'm just saying. When you said butters, I was like, no. <laughs> uh, and that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Uh, yeah, no, it's a great scene. I love that scene. Uh, and so I got a chance to just say thank you for your work. It was nice because. Uh, <laughs> If it had been any other year with any other Quentin Tarantino movie, I would kind of had to put on a little uh, false niceness because I'm not a huge Quentin Tarantino yeah. fan. Like, but it, dude, it, I hate your work. <laughs> but it was the one year I actually really like his movie. Uh, it's my favorite yeah. Tarantino movie that he's ever done. And so uh, I got to talk to him a little bit. And then I was like, hey, uh, do you mind if we take a selfie? And he was like, no, I you know, I got to see what my people are doing. Um, got to get out of here or whatever. And so I was like, cool, cool. Because by the way, uh, that I have no expectations. If you say no, that's totally your right. Um, Absolutely. Uh, I, I have no uh, qualms about that. So, But anyways, uh, about five minutes later, he still hadn't kind of made his way out of the area. He was still talking with people. And he was like, hey, let's let's go ahead and get that picture. And so I was like, oh, okay, Oh, that's cool. nice. So yeah, it was it was really nice. Probably uh, also because you were very cool about it. He was yeah. probably like, you know, I should probably be nice to that guy. That's <laughs> what I was thinking, too. He's probably so used to people wanting something from yeah. him and yeah. so to have you be like oh yeah cool no problem I, he he that probably stood out to him he's probably Maybe. thinking about you right now you know <laughs> so how cool were you, you are. like backstage the whole show <laughs> pretty much um well i worked the blue carpet not the red carpet it's the blue carpet at the critics choice awards uh for the first time and because my pictures were so nice uh and i will try not to talk about google here too much for you jonathan i'm uh, kidding talk about it as much <laughs> as you want no, no, no. Bo- both the new iPhone and the new uh, Pixel have incredible cameras on them. Uh, but because those pictures were so nice, they were like, hey, can you come backstage and take pictures for the official Critics' Choice account mm-hmm. um, because your pictures look so good? So, yeah, I was I was in the show for about – like watching the show for about 30 minutes. And then the rest of the time I was backstage taking pictures. So, yeah, it was so fun. So was Jen with you? or She was stuck out at the table. <laughs> He abandoned his wife. So, it, again... Who were you sitting with this year? I've abandoned my wife! <laughs> uh, I, You know, I had the worst seats I've ever had. Uh, which, oh, no. Which is fine. I mean, it's going to... Somebody has to sit there, right? Like, yeah. I, you know, I... By the I, bathrooms in the very, very back? <laughs> yeah, no, that's pretty much it. <laughs> as far back in the corners you can get. Uh, so, there were no... There was no talent at our table. Although, I did love the people at our table. They're actually good friends.
friends of mine, uh, almost everybody that sat at our table. Can you rephrase that? Like there was talent there. It yeah. was just not. I meant talent in the noun sense of what you world cons- nominated. There weren't people that were nominated Correct. for Oh, I know what awards. you meant. Okay. I'm just saying it sounded weird. Well, there are very talented people at there my table. Are. There you are. Uh, they just were not nominees on right. that evening yeah. or performers in I, that I way. realize now that me asking you to rephrase it took a long time. <laughs> so. But uh, but when he texted me, um, you know, uh, your pictures look amazing. The next thing he texted was, who are you? Are you here with anybody or are you here alone? And so actually, I think he just texted, are you here by yourself or here alone? And I texted back, well, I'm with my wife. And he was like, oh, oh man, uh, enjoy the show. And I was like, well, did you, you, know, you want something? And he was like, well, if you weren't with somebody, I was going to see if you'd come back and take pictures. I was like, oh, okay. So then I show Jen and she's like, are you kidding? We've been married 25 years. Go Get have fun. Here. get out of here so nice wife yeah yeah, she's she's amazing yeah she's incredible so uh so when i went back there i told him you know kind of what happened and he laughed and he said i was afraid when i said are you here alone that you thought i was hitting on you (laughs) so la i was like well here's my hotel key so you know whatever give me a call (laughs) so who is who is who is this this is the person who runs the social media this is aaron's new boyfriend apparently (laughs) that's right that's right. Uh, yeah. um, he now lives with you. <laughs> That's and, right. Uh, yeah. He, I didn't know you knew that. In. Along with all of He's his like, grown I've children. I've always wanted to live in Missouri. <laughs> yes. Everybody in LA is begging to get to Springfield, Missouri. They want to do the reverse Brad Pitt. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but how did they not already have someone with a good camera? Well, they probably have good cameras, but maybe not instantly digital, where yeah. it's taken so quickly oh, on so a phone. they can phone have it on then... social media. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That so, makes sense. So, so and then, Aaron's the only person in LA with a Google phone. Apparently, <laughs> it might be true. <laughs> what if it is true? You're the only person so, with a Google Pixel. They're so Apple centric out there. That's that's so funny. I mean, I wonder what the. I really wonder what the. I mean, it's got Apple's got to be. I, I can't even imagine what the percentage is. I mean, oh, I guess Samsung so does funny. really well, but yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, especially out there. Uh, you guys ready to get into it? Can we? Yep. Yes, let's talk about this inside scoop. What's he building in We're going to take a look at the videos from the week, the process of sending them, how we felt about the uh, content in general. Um, we will start with TV Sense, of course, and another episode of The Big Bang Theory. This time we're doing the bath item gift hypothesis. This was a Dicer Watkinson joint, as uh, Jonathan and I wrote on it. Um, so do we have anything else to say about the show in general, about Big Bang Theory? I wasn't Theory? here. Um, that was a Creasy episode. Oh, you when we talked about Big, Thing, Big Bang yeah. Theory before? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I think you guys even said said like it really stinks jonathan's not here because i think he's the only one that's watched this show <laughs> right so now's your chance jonathan tell us about big Bang finally Theory. weeks later <laughs> um no this is um this was a show that my wife was really into and she watched i believe every episode um i can't say that i've seen every episode but i've probably seen a good like 80 percent of the series uh just watching it with her um I think that it is a very generic type sitcom, um, but I do think that for a sitcom like this, the actors uh, work really well together, um, and they have some interesting character moments sometimes and stuff. So, I mean, I thought it was a perfectly fine show. I I didn't love it by any means, but I never quite got why people uh, hate it so much. And I have a feeling a lot of people that hate it haven't really watched it. I think you're right. I know that's true for me. I haven't really watched it. Yeah. Uh, I know 
those two for me. I hate it. I, I do feel like I hate it, but I don't you have do? any. No, I do, but oh. I don't have any reason to. Like, I haven't really watched the show. You're not normally yeah. that guy. Well, I mean, hate is an interesting word. I hate the idea of false inauthentic comedy you know and this this idea of laugh tracks has always been one that's gotten under my skin and the big bang theory is one of those that i've seen videos on of like you know without the laugh track and you just watch it and you go Cringe. oh my goodness this is cringy um so you're so the show you the show like you're talking about i guess the show that plays more to the laugh track right yeah. And, and half the things, you know, and I'm, it's hard for me to separate because we, um, spoiler alert, I have more Big Bang Theory episodes coming. Um, yeah. And so it's, I'm trying to remember which was with which. Yeah. Um, but, but there is this element of things that they laugh at really have no right to be laughed at. Not because they're not funny, but they aren't yeah. even written funny. Like, I don't know. It's just it's really weird. Some of the places they pause for laughter aren't yeah. even intended to be jokes. So I don't I don't know it's it's weird. I do I do wonder how many shows if you played them without that have laugh tracks if right. you played them without the laugh track would they be any better than Big Bang Theory I'm sure some would not not much I I yeah I, I for one am glad that we've gone away from the multi camera laugh track yeah. sitcom and are kind of moving yeah. towards the single camera thing well I mean, it's interesting too when you're watching a show like that because there's somebody prompting you on what's supposed to be funny yes totally all the time there's never like enough there's rarely an authentic moment where the audience yeah. reacts what's a show that was fully live with no laugh track like back in the day um well a lot of uh you know actually laugh tracks started really quickly Did after they? they started doing live okay. recording so yeah, even like, I, mean, like I love I... lucy i believe eventually had a laugh track mm -hmm. i don't know that it did the whole time yeah i just you um, know news radio is actually probably my all-time favorite sitcom yeah I'm it had a laugh track for sure. Sure, sure. It's just so interesting to it think like we want people to find this show funny, but we're not going to trust that the audience will laugh when we think it's funny. So we're going to create our own laughter moment. You know, it, I, I find that really mm -hmm. interesting. It's like, just, just also manufactured. Yeah. yeah, it's just it just feels so manufactured. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's probably where my hatred is too strong a word. And but there's also the 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 uh, the the fanboy culture, I guess, also seem to get really offended by this show, which I also never really understood. You mean um, like where there are fans of comics and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. but I mean, I. I never really got that they were making fun of that type of person. Like once again, I I feel like these are people that just refuse to watch the show. Hmm. Yeah, uh, because they heard like something and then they were like, "Well, you know, screw that show. It makes fun of us." And um, I I think there was some love there uh, for that type of culture. Um, I mean, I'm I'm a comic fan and I like Star Trek and a lot of the stuff that they talk about, and I definitely never got offended by anything. Yeah, um, there's that they did. There's also an interesting line that the show tries to uh, walk between you know, the idea of being a uber fan or also dealing with um, OCD, like, you know, those kind of yeah. like actual mental <laughs> tendencies or issues. And so there's there's kind of that almost bordering into autism, those kind of things, like yeah. spectrum kind of issues. Are you talking about with Sheldon? Yeah. Specifically? Yeah. Yeah. Now that is something I could totally see somebody because that, that, that was, that is a weird aspect to the show to me because I never quite got what they were trying to do with his character. I right. don't, I don't um, know that they knew a hundred percent either. I think that they, like any show does, yeah. they kind of find a character trait and then they just blow it out and yeah. amplify are, it for yeah, humor. You know, These are sitcom stereotypes. Yeah. I mean, that that's but, exactly but this time it's are. like focusing more on the geek part. Yeah. It's kind of like the nerds movie or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. But I mean, like 
like Howard, for instance, is very much like the like I wouldn't call him sexual deep. Well, maybe he is sexual deviant. Maybe that is the the best way to put it. But like you have those characters in like other shows. Like I don't know what that made me think of this, but like Three's Company, you had like Larry, right? Or um, you know, like Night Court, you had the John Larroquette character. I mean, that's essentially what Howard is. Yeah. Uh, but then at the same time, he's also very much like a geek. He's very smart. Um, you know, so, but it, but it's still the, at the core of the characters, I think you still have those very, very generic, uh, sitcom tropes. I think for me, uh, actually sending this has allowed me to see some of the flashes of what really works with this show, mm-hmm. uh, because there, there are some, there's some really clever things that this show does. In fact, the whole premise of this episode is really clever. The idea yes. that, what is the premise of this the episode? premise of the episode is that he is so hung up on being given a gift that he has to give a re, you know return a gift to them that is of exactly equal value like that is the uh, the gift hypothesis how did he how did he know what he was going to be given well he didn't and so that's kind of the premise of the episode is him figuring out how to be ready for any oh so at the end of it whenever he gives all the gift back baskets it's because the gift was so meaningful right it was oh. so he had bought different value gift yes. baskets oh my god based on <laughs> the idea that depending on how much it was worth he could go google how much it was worth and then give the appropriate and gift he was basket. given a leonard nimoy nimoy napkin napkin yeah a okay. napkin that leonard nimoy signed and, and he used at Correct. the cheesecake factory which is where penny works yeah okay so that part of the episode was great it, yeah. yeah so so it has allowed me to see okay there really is cleverness here but it's just hard to swim through for me all the inauthenticity of the manufacturedness of the whole well thing. and a lot of and a lot of the so stuff well, with man. Leonard and Dave and Penny, a lot of that was not very funny, and a lot of that was very generic, and uh, and that's why you know we wrote that scene at the end where we kind of touched on you know you could see the you could see the light, but then at the same time that almost made it more annoying the stuff that sucked. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the video itself. Since Jonathan and I wrote on it, we start with Danae. What are some of your thoughts from uh, watching the video? Um, I really loved that physicist. <laughs> that was yes. one of my favorite ones. And what was fun for me, too, is I actually watched this since video in the same room with Aaron before the show started because I hadn't fully prepped like I usually do. Mm-hmm. And so there were a few that I got to react to and Aaron who wrote on it is sitting right there. And I really kind of sometimes like it kind of gave me this glimpse into a world where I'm not saying where we all sit here and the entire show is us rewatching everything together. Right. But there was something really fun about that because there was a one that was roll nerd commercials. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, like it, it made me groan. Uh-huh. And you wrote that one. And so then we got to kind of have this awkward exchange where like, I, I pooped on your sin. <laughs> I was like, that was lame. <laughs> I originally was thinking roll roll come nerdshells. No, but, uh, <laughs> no. It was interesting watching you react in in the room. It was it was kind of fun because yeah. we're all kind. Of, I mean, I think we're all we love what we do. And when somebody laughs at something or enjoys something or doesn't enjoy it, it means something to us, you know, because we really do want the audience to have a good time. And the other thing that was kind of fun specifically about that experience, too, was then there was another sin that now I know you wrote, Aaron, which was the safe word one. 
and it ended with hamster. Well, Jonathan wrote that sin. Oh, oh. And no, I, no, you did. I thought I just wrote the tag. I wrote the oh, whole sin. Oh, that's right. You did. I'm sorry. Yeah, you I think that was a combine. Yeah. I wrote the tag. and he... I just remember asking you about the tag, if that actually meant something. Yeah. Okay, so that was, uh, the hamster paisley, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I was like, I don't get hamster paisley. And Aaron instantly starts laughing. <laughs> and he explains that that's his safe word is hamster paisley. And then the whole rest of the sin, you know, just sung for me. Anyway, I think it'd be kind of fun um, if there's a way for us to, I don't know, maybe during sin week to like actually visually show some of our favorite ones instead mm. of just talk about them. We did. You were about to say to come up with safe words. <laughs> <laughs> we might need to. Well, we might need safe we words at Sin to. Week. You don't know. Uh, I think we kind of did oh that last God. year. We did watch the the Sins video that came out during while uh, Sin well, Week. Well, it was the last it was the last Patreon only one. It was um Oh yeah, yeah. The John Travolta um yeah battlefield earth yeah battlefield earth we watched the battlefield earth sins video live oh, with everybody um so that's kind of what you're talking about yeah. so yeah it would be it would be so much prep work i'm not sure how we would do it because we'd have to have like almost like a little one of those little clicker presenter yeah we things. just watched it and laughed together but, so but it was really fun to watch the sins video yeah. uh with friends and then my other questions already been answered which was the it seemed like this ended with such big heart mm-hmm. and i was smiling really really big by the end even though i didn't 100 percent know what was happening i could kind of piece together that he'd been given something so valuable and to see mm-hmm. you know the actor whoever plays sheldon to see yeah. him react and then go and get all those gift baskets i was smiling so big and i and then the 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 title card at the end or whatever you call it at the end where it shows like how many sins the sentence and the sentence but then like the background image is of sheldon and penny hugging yeah and i oh. I was like, oh, wow, they kind of had a connective moment. Because I'm not watching this show like you have watched, uh, Jonathan, my yeah. last experience or my experience with like Sheldon Penny is they're really like standoffish to each other. So to see them kind of have this hug, I was like, oh, look, their friendship is developing. Yeah. And that's kind of cool. Their relationship actually is probably, I mean, and they don't have a f- sexual relationship. Their friendship, I guess I should say, their friendship on the show is probably the best like two characters together like they pretty early on they realized i guess they worked well together cool. and uh they play off each other really well that's so cool. but yeah i really had a fun time with this one good job guys yeah. thanks appreciate that the only uh sin i would mention because it's it's one that i'm excited to continue to try to do uh is every big bang theory episode i want to try to uh get in a who's the nerd now nerd uh, oh yeah because we kind of started off that way yeah where we out nerd the the nerds yeah 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 um, did we do that on the the pilot yes 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 okay i thought we did i thought i, I remember hearing that before. yeah i think i i think i remember right either writing it or helping craft yeah. that one but yeah. it, it was something that i ended up looking up and we kind of really pushed on the nerd and on this one it was for the uh how you make a clone and actually mm-hmm. scientists yeah. for the most part there are a few <laughs> stragglers but for the most part scientists agree you cannot make a clone with saliva because it doesn't uh, have any of this doesn't have an intact nucleus yeah. uh, or nucleotide gotta have that nucleotide so, so yeah. everybody knows that of course everybody knows and i didn't have to look that up that's no, just something no. i know from my day-to-day life we talk about it every day (laughs) super much part of our world what about you jonathan anything else you wanted to mention from the video well i did want to bring up i think out of all of us at the sins channels i probably fight for my stuff the least um i should have kept joyce kim in there (laughs) 
instead of just calling her Joyce. It was, um, it was just one of those I weird knew situations. That we should have gone with Joyce Kim for the fans, and nobody really said anything about that. But just after watching the video after it got released, I was like, man, I wish I had just said let's keep Kim in there because you know you guys hadn't seen the shows right. that much, so you didn't know that was like a common way they phrase it. And it's actually, it's actually, I don't even. I'm trying to remember if the character even is on the show with the exception of flashbacks. Um, yeah, I don't but know. it's just like a it's like a it's kind of a running joke with a past love of Leonard's or whatever. Well, we um, the, the good news is we can correct that because uh, uh, we've got an upcoming episode that she's in. <laughs> and I believe we do call her Joyce Kim. So <laughs> and that's a very minor thing. It's not of a big course. deal. I mean, her name is Joyce. But I just afterwards, even my wife even said, like, why didn't you make it Joyce Kim? I'm like, ah. Because <laughs> I have no backbone. Because um, I have no backbone. Aww. Yeah. No, I just, no, it's not that. I just, you know. But uh, the female stereotype hat trick, though, was the only other thing I wanted to mention. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that in uh, Keeping Tabs. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was one of my favorite jokes, too. Uh, let's move on to Shit's Creek. That's right. I said Shit's Creek. It's kind of funny because I'll just start off with this, but there's a sin in this one uh, that's kind of a running gag about actually saying shit because yeah. it's Shit's Creek. Uh-huh. And, I mean, if you know me, I'm not a swearer. It's just not, you know, something I do in my day-to-day life. I'm and- pretty sure anyone who says swearer is not <laughs> one, so it's pretty fair enough to give away. I don't like words that cause my well, mouth in- to... And I've talked about it before. I, I don't it's not that I even care anymore. I just don't have a lot of practice. And so I just kind of continue on with my life, you know, speaking fact, the way I speak. Can I tell us can I tell a story about when we got uh hired? Sure. <laughs> I still remember because I didn't know you that well. Um in fact I didn't I hadn't even met you in person yet when we first all this started happening. And I just remember there was an email where I think Chris had just sent us like some guideline stuff about writing or whatever. And then I just remember Aaron emailing us back and saying something along the lines of, is it okay if I don't like write curse words? Because (laughs) like, not that I have a problem with it. I'm just really bad at it. Gosh Although darn that's it. not true. That no, is not no, true. I I've found gotten out better very at quickly. It. Yeah, I've, huh? I've figured it out. Uh, I, <laughs> I put myself in the like the psyche of the narrator. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. How he, I love creative swearing when I'm typing and writing and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I mentioned this because that is the world I come from as well. And I was recently at Thanksgiving and we were talking about this show and just the ridiculousness of the fact that people won't like title the show. They won't say like Shit's Creek. They'll they'll. Call I got it. to do some looking into even how they pitch the show. Yeah. And it's the same thing. They're like, well, we need to change the title. So I'm in this conversation with, you know, family members or whatever. And they're like, hey, did you see the latest episode of The Creek? You know, and that, oh, that kind no. of. <laughs> no, and no, you can't no. say that because The, the Creek, Creek is Dawson's Creek. I know. I know. That is the only show you can call The Creek. <laughs> Anyhow, I just. Dirty that, word Creek. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, that's funny. Have you seen the latest episode of Craps Creek? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, then. It doesn't work. They actually had to show that there are people with the last name of shit, mm-hmm. that they're legit. That it's a legit family name. Oh, interesting. And that was part of what eventually led to uh, them partnering with, I think, Logo, I know, is the one that carries it, but I can't remember. I thought it was Pop TV. Pop. Pop. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Pop. And so it's actually this is this is going to sound so bougie, but this is why I didn't watch it when it first aired, because on Xfinity, uh, at least here locally, we only get the standard definition channel for pop. 
Oh, I and see. I didn't want to. And I was like, why am I going to watch a show in SD? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's uh, continue this conversation. But before we do, we send the pilot of Schitt's Creek. This was yep. a Hughes Watkins script. So Danae and Jonathan uh, wrote on this one. And I love, 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 love this show. It is one of my favorite things on TV. Um, and I think a lot of that just has to do with the talent, right? Like, it's just those people are so good together. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Although when I first, when I've watched everything except for this most recent season and which is uh, the final season, which is the final season. And I did not like it until about the fourth or fifth episode when the characters started to develop, to develop a, a sense of mm-hmm. like person. Essentially it's a show that was developed to make fun of the reality Kardashian t- type mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Um, which you totally can pick up on instantly. But, but what, there's an empathy for these but people. What I didn't expect was to begin to um, see the shell crack open and see what happens when they're trying to figure out who they are and they're legitimately in a circumstance that they kind of can't get out of in this sort of humorous small town way. While they're still very eccentric and those parts of their personalities never really fade away, they mature and uh, become relatable. And I didn't expect that at all. And so um, it's a show that's made me laugh. It's made me cry. I it's a it's a surprise show for me. One I did yeah. not expect, but it took me about five. I think it took me about five episodes to really be like, oh, I think I'm I'm going to watch everything that this show puts out. So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the fact that Eugene and and Daniel uh, Levy, you know, father and son, are doing this together, I think, has a lot to do with it too. Like they just know each other so well. And that didn't <clears throat> it didn't start off that way. Yeah, uh, Daniel had the idea he went to his dad to kind of get some feedback since he's been um, in the industry for so long for so long and then when it came to like time to hire uh this the people who are going to be acting and and the the cast it wasn't like and you're going to play my dad that wasn't the plan so he still had to you know audition and and all that stuff so i really enjoyed reading up on how this show was developed because it is obviously one that I like. So the oh, that's uh, cool. the entire cast was there at the Critics Choice Awards and, and it didn't win, and <clears> I was so bummed. I know, and they all were sitting at the table <sighs> together, and they're such lovely people. But uh, they were on the blue carpet, and it was so funny to watch them as a group, like go from other famous person to other famous person, and get pictures or whatever. You know, to mm-hmm. to watch them with Eddie Murphy or whoever it might be. You know, it was just it was it was kind of one of those weird things where it's like, okay, now I'm seeing the real actual people mm-hmm. interact but also there's the family from Shit's Creek <laughs> right <laughs> on the blue carpet yeah. I, you know there was just kind of that interesting duality well, I, thing I going don't know. on I know um, Eugene Levy's son, um, you know, he I read where he's really tight with Catherine O'Hara because she's known him right. since he was a baby. Yeah. Right. I don't yeah, know yeah. about Annie Murphy. I don't know how she fits into the whole scenario. But um, who, by the way, Annie Murphy has the uh, I don't know if I don't want to sound like rude, but she has the most adorable IMDb photo I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah, it's just it's it, I, yeah, it's just adorable. You should look it up. Um, she's great. Yeah, she, she plays Alexis. And I, and I like both of the kids now. I, I will say this is the first episode I ever watched. 
um it's definitely a pilot yes um for sure it's setting up everything so i'm sure it gets a lot better and i'm interested enough to see it plus i love levy and o'hara i'm um, not everybody but I ended up watching this i swear to god i watched this episode eight times oh my gosh let's talk about it that. was so hard to send it was and, um, so hard to send i went from really not being able to stand uh the performance of dan levy to loving him yes he's the best he's my favorite eighth time i watched the same episode that's what i'm saying is that if you <laughs> You just watch it like once and like you're just watching it going i don't know if this is connecting yeah. they're so annoying which is part of the point but as you watch the show it like you realize that there's a purpose in it like that it's not just a scripts that are written because this is going to get an audience reaction yeah. that they're very purposeful in how they're creating these characters there's a lot of attention into that stuff yeah no it's well, great it's as someone who has seen a lot of SCTV and has watched, you know, watched Best in Show like 800 times, and I've just, I've seen Levy and O'Hara together, and they often mm-hmm. play a couple mm-hmm. um, in the Christopher Guest movies and whatnot. Um, just seeing them together for so long, I think it was hard to even get into the kids because, you know, you're just like, I don't know, Levy and O'Hara felt so natural, and then you've got these kids trying to like, but uh, I gotta tell you, play uh, along with them. Their, their chemistry and relationship uh, mm-hmm. Annie Murphy and uh, Dan Levy uh, yeah. has become my favorite thing about the show. I I giggle I every time that. she says his name. Like it's Ew, David. <laughs> David. That that shut up scene though was a great example of where like the first time I saw it, I'm like, I know this is supposed to be annoying, but I'm not finding this funny. Oh. And then um, I I've uh, reenacted it a couple times uh, <laughs> for my wife. So um, no, yeah, you shut up. No, you shut up. Uh, you two wrote on this, so I'm going to kick us off going into the sins video itself i have a, a lot to say i loved this video you guys did a great job it was so um, hard dude here here are, i believe it we we legitimately had to watch it a million times yeah <laughs> if you aaron if you would have watched the sin video the way that jonathan and i originally wrote it there's like six sins <laughs> and then a bonus round and then we're done so by the way i love the bonus round <laughs> we had to keep just massaging we're this killing beast. it with bonus rounds on tv sins by the way but, the, you know the like you know but we had some great stuff coming out later like the north by northwest came out later yeah um and a few other things but sorry aaron go ahead no no no, no. i just <laughs> i just really enjoyed it uh two arms deep and pearl necklaces made me giggle uh, i thought <laughs> that you. was hilarious uh <laughs> i love the anytime we self-reference like uh we think they're talking about us so they don't take it personal uh sin was really funny uh oh, to can me. we talk about that real quick sure, go is, ahead. That, is that cool so that's one where i've been doing this thing lately when i submit scripts uh-huh. where I know there's a sin there, but I can't find it. So I'll send just the, like, what's happening on screen, and then literally nothing afterwards. And so Jonathan has gotten two of these scripts from me recently, and he's like, did you forget something, <laughs> here? something here? And I'm like, no, I just know there's something, and I don't know what it is. And so that was one of those moments where there's something here, I don't know what it is, and Jonathan's yeah. like, does that self-referential, like, mm-hmm. slam and I'm going, that was it. And that was so obvious. How did I not find it? So No, I love that kind of stuff. Uh, I already mentioned the running uh, joke about actually saying, being able to say shit, which I loved. And I loved the capper on it at the end. I could do this all day, you know, just to yeah. finish on. Because that's one of the things I really like to do with scripts, if we have a running gag, is to finish with that running gag. I think there's something beautiful about the idea of how that ties up as a you know, like a concept yeah. and it's fun to leave the audience with something that's like I oh i remember day, that guys. yeah yeah exactly so that was I, really good job jonathan yeah i liked that uh the observations about the solitaire game 
okay. I thought were really fascinating because yeah, we got we got yelled at about Pause. that by well fans. this is what I was gonna say. Pause. This is this is what I was gonna say. I haven't done any research, but I guarantee you there is an actual solitaire game. Had no idea that could be played like that. Hey guys, I, welcome to the portion of the show where Danae says I fucked up again. <laughs> Wait, let we're, me we're all to blame. Let me tell you that uh I did not know that there are games where you just have two suits. Yeah. But I did Look, anybody name the game? I feel like I've played this game before. Klondike. Yes, Something, Klondike. I think that's it because but, I, yep. it's too, is it too sweet? Is it too sweet? I've Klondike? just played so many. Too suit. Too suit. Thank yeah, you. Too suit. Thank Klondike. you. That's <laughs> all right. T- today. <laughs> this is the part of the. I can tell is... you live the fancy life going and staying in suites. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I've just been dreading this moment of the show. For, uh, I wore a so three. I wore a three piece. I wore a three piece suite to the uh, the awards. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, no, there's 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 so many solitaire games, and I have played a lot of them in my in my memory. When you were talking about that, I was like, oh no, somebody's going to tell them exactly what this solitaire game is. Uh-huh. But also, it's still a sin because she has the same exact setup later on in the show with mm-hmm. one card I move. I know. It's um, still a sin. It's just a different. I mean, it should right. have been a different kind worded, of a maybe sin. a little bit differently or whatever. But, because the sin could have been for not playing the right kind of solitaire too, which is like who plays Klondike uh, for their on their Windows machine or whatever. So. Yeah, but there was so much going on in that game that was confusing to me. There were multiple cards of the same. Uh, yep, it's a multi deck game. It's a multi deck game, but then also there were like it was like not in descending order, so right. which makes sense if you're gonna cover the whole game in a new layer mm-hmm. of of cards exactly that, that does make sense now but i stared at this going what the absolute heck is going on because <laughs> in the first one there's a nine of hearts and then in the next one it's clear she's moved it over anyway i i, I obviously am very passionate about this yeah um but it annoyed the crap out of me because like in the, in the first scene we see that there's a nine Mm-hmm. Uh, that's in a blank spot. And the next time, the nine has been moved on top of a six. Played regular solitaire and spider. And I think that's it in yeah. my life. Well, I, I brought it up. Free cell spy- solitaire? Yeah, free cell is. In fact, we sent Pam for playing free cell in the, oh, the office right. video. Uh, and by the way, that was my, because I love solitaire sins. I brought all this up to say how much I loved those sins, uh, even though Klondike is an actual type of, of solitaire, because uh, it's just, it's fun for me to, to to think about all the all the time I've spent playing cards alone in my life, mm. and now we know why. Mm. Uh, I also think uh, the, that's a but unfortunate was possibly my biggest laugh of uh, <laughs> of the episode. <laughs> I love there it. Were, there were a lot of sins that got like like she was saying massaged. I know that was one of them. Yeah, where yeah, you yeah. wrote that one, and I was like, wouldn't it be funny if this was the word yeah. but? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it ties it all together. That's yeah. great. Great stuff. So great job, guys. Uh, either of you have anything you want to uh, talk about from the video? Nope. Uh, the I just the the North by Northwest thing was fun to write. I that was uh, I just that's one of my all time favorite scenes ever in a movie. Yeah. Um, and I had a, I actually had a professor in college bring up the idea that it was because James Mason is like this theatrically trained actor, and Cary Grant is more of like the movie star. And uh, he was just always talking about how the way he thought of that scene was that you had like the classically trained actor telling the movie star or showing the movie star what real acting was or whatever, you know. And so that was just kind of fun to mess with and play around with and uh, bring attention to a wonderful movie. Very nice. 
Uh, let's move on to music video sins. Uh, we'll talk about Selena Gomez Rare. Um, I love this song. Tell me about it, Jonathan. Why do you love this song so much? Um, I mean, I I don't know. It's just it's a pop song, but um, I I've always thought um, I listen to a lot of pop music. A because I work on music video sins, but B because I have a a, a young child uh, and she listens to a lot of pop music. So I find stuff that I find more tolerable than others. Um, so we can listen to them in the car together. And one of the artists that I think, and I think she's kind of underrated, uh, Selena Gomez um, has had quite a few songs that I've enjoyed. And um, it's been really interesting to see her just grow as an artist. And I'm telling you, not only is this song good, this album kicks all the ass. This is one of my favorite pop albums I've heard in a long, long time. Nice. Nice. Um, but I just, I don't know. I love the style of it. I love her voice. It works really well um, with this. Um, it's kind of, um, I don't know. It's just kind of got that, I'm trying to think of the type of music. It's got this really smooth uh, beat to it, I guess. Yeah, it's um, kind of calmer. It's not like a, one of those hard-hitting pops where it's just like, you know, it's 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 a, it's yeah. calm. It, it's taking its time. And, uh, and it's a pretty fun, it's a pretty cool video. Uh, I like the aesthetic of the video itself. So mm-hmm. I don't know, but I just I just really really dig the song. I mean, thank God we had the Shimmer conversation last week because that was all I was getting, and I was so <laughs> excited to see it in the Sins video because I was like, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking as I was watching. Right. I would have had no idea that that was even a thing until we sent the video. It's like, almost like this song was written for the the closing credits of Annihilation, and the video yeah. was done. It's it. I mean, it just seems so perfectly like it. Uh, I really like the song as well. I'm not blown away by it necessarily, but I probably need to just listen to it more. Um, it's just it's nice. It's just a nice song yeah i enjoyed the video i love when we mess with the form i love the fact that we pulled out and showed like suggested videos and did a sin about that and then Mm -hmm. the idea that that continued into uh you know where have all the contributors gone and as he's listing them it's popping them up (laughs) in the title itself and then when he said you know pick a gd lane or whatever it puts as the (laughs) contributor gd lane It was awesome. I thought that was great. That I, was really I really great. felt like in, in this one that music from behind was leaking into yes, it a, a little, lot. Yeah. There were several moments where I was like, that's a, that's a, you know, he's, he's itching to get back into music from behind. Yeah, I the think. triplets. You yeah, know. the triplets. That's what, yep. Yeah. Yep. The fact that she's three people. So I, I also really like though how like you guys are talking about um, it's really interesting how sometimes these the all the different channels videos kind of come out together because the Annihilation thing is interesting because I wonder and Barrett had seen Annihilation before but I wonder if he had you know if he if we hadn't had that video would he have even thought of that you know um, which ended up being a really good part of this video right. Um, it's just neat how sometimes like our previous, like our most recent videos play into what we write yeah. in the next one. Uh, Barrett said that Rare is a delightful song and that Selena Gomez is a treasure and should be held in a museum that celebrates her awesomeness. I, I don't know. I get this impression that maybe he like appreciates her as an artist. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think so. Very nice. Well, let's move on to uh, the Cinema Sins then. Uh, we'll start with Bad Boys 2. What you gonna do? Well, we had some we had some winning movies this week. Boy, I gotta tell you. Um, which, by the way, I've seen Bad Boys for Life. It's not bad. It's actually no, not bad. It, it, it's uh, it's not at all. It's I agree. Um, not bad. It is the best Bad Boys movie. It's amazing. I think. 
it's amazing when you take Michael Bay out of something how uh, how you can find something <laughs> special <it's>, sometimes. <laughs> how it's less offensive and <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but this movie legitimately funny. Anyways, but Bad Boys Two. <laughs> bad Boys Two is bad. Uh, you know, oh if the God. Bad Boys movies work for any reason, like the first two, it's because of the chemistry between Will Smith and and Martin Lawrence. Like that's, yes, that's the only thing I can think as to why this movie these movies became a franchise to begin with is those two are fun, funny humans who actually have a decent chemistry together um so that's you know that's the only thing the only reason i can give uh you know that this movie might have uh fans this movie has a large fan base i don't get it i don't understand i don't don't either i've i've heard people talk about how it's just so ridiculous and so over the top that it works and i know it's like that's why it doesn't work i mean there are movies like that that work like maybe Die Hard 2, for instance. Or, but, or Six Underground. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. I mean, if that's your thing, yeah, no, I get that. But uh, oh, Six Underground is a lot less, is a is a lot better than this. I, I, well, I think so. I had a good yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I didn't like Six Underground, but I'll, yeah, I'll take it over this any day of the week. Yeah. Danae, what do, you, what do you think? What's your experience with the Bad Boys movies? Have you ever actually watched them or just kind of watched the no. Sins video? Mm-mm, no. I haven't. I have zero experience with bad boys, except for the song. <laughs> with bad boys in general? You what don't you going to ex- do? You don't have any experience bad with bad boys in your life? Oh, in my life in yeah. particular? <laughs> well, that's another podcast. <laughs> that's, that's an entirely another 50-episode <laughs> podcast. Have you, have you had any experience watching rats have sex? Um, not yet. And oh my god, once again, such a weird coincidence that we have sins revolving around, around rats. rats doing something together. Yeah, you guys, it's a sign and- that we're on the right path. <laughs> so the connections, the are connections amazing. are the connections there. No, I don't have any experience with you know these like the action films. Of course, I've seen action movies mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. No, I was um triggered the entire time I was watching. This. Oh, nice! Was, I cannot wait to hear about it. Was very it. frustrating for me to watch. I should mention this is a Scott share. Uh, video. So Jeremy and Barrett wrote on this one, and I should mention that I asked them what they thought of it too. So you know, yeah. I have that loaded in as well. Well, why don't we go there? Why don't we uh, hear what they had to say about it first? Okay, uh, Barrett. We'll start with Barrett. He said this movie is the shittiest shit to ever shit. <laughs> somehow it's gotten a good uh, a repu- uh, sorry. Sar- somehow it's gotten a reputation as being passable, even good, but it's so terrible. The only good thing about it is the Puff Daddy Nelly Murphy Lee song from the soundtrack. Oh, he loves that, that song. That song is glorious. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he loves wants, that song. He won't stop he talking about it. He does a very good it. rendition of the Murphy Lee rap, so <laughs> we should get him to do that at Sun Week. Nice. Oh, okay. Um, challenge accepted. Oh, yeah. By the way, it might happen because there's there's little rumors going around about possibly a talent show. A talent uh, a show? A talent show oh, from no. people at Sin Week. So be getting your uh, your talents ready. What? Are yeah. you serious? Yeah. God, that... I'm going to go to the doctor the day before so I get <laughs> sick. Oh, no. I'm suddenly very sick. Listen, you have written some amazing songs. I am you... not singing at Sin Week. No, why not? No. Why not? No. That part of my life is dead. <laughs> oh, my. I think we need to explore. <laughs> Danae, do you have things you need to talk about? Not here on this show. All right. All right. Uh, but probably <laughs> no man my voice is my voice is different now mm. i've been sick for so long it's never coming back <laughs> okay maybe maybe that'll Can make you give it a different texture me sitting up there with the guitar going ah, <laughs> ah, 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 ah. 
Well, I this can is, now. That's that's oddly enough the what I hear in my head when I'm watching Bad Boys Two. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Uh, uh, two hours and like forty minutes of it. It's an insanely long movie as well. Uh, Barrett goes on to say, "I could go on a whole rant about the confrontation with the kid at the door. It's horrible and yet compulsively <sighs> watchable. Um, its inclusion is the most offensive thing about." an offensive movie and as somebody who hasn't seen the movie i know that that part was sinned but i totally do not understand what happened at the door so i have no jonathan you want to explain it uh that kid is coming over who who who, uh well maybe that's a spoiler for bad boys for life but that kid is uh trying to date is going on a date with martin lawrence's daughter okay so will smith and martin lawrence decide to you know do the generic stereotype of you know scare trying to scare the kid right um, because he's dating his daughter and, and I guess Will, it's Will Smith is like his uncle Mike, I guess he's not really her uncle, but they're close. Um, and it goes on for like 20 minutes Whoa. Yeah. and it's just, it's, in, it's just insane. And Why be- is it offensive? And you've already got like a really, really long movie. So when you have a scene like that in there, it just really stands out. Well, I don't know if he means it's offensive just because it's oh, bad okay. filmmaking or if he actually means it's offensive because of the way they treat this child. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. And they are. They are treating a like a 15, 16 year old kid. I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it's if anybody ever actually did this to somebody, you know, yeah. they should be arrested. Like it's absolutely you know, the way they treat him is wow, is horrible. Okay, so but absolutely. it's hilarious apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have that, and and then it's as, it's as, almost as funny as rat sex. Almost, almost. Yeah. Uh, then Jeremy said he hated this movie while sending it. It's just big, dumb, and loud, but with no coherent story. Some Fast and Furious movies have a better story than this. He did say that writing the sin about the stuff on the captain's desk was one of his favorite sin writing experiences that was, that ever. Was great. That was one of my faves. Um, and I agree. I'm excited to talk more about that here in a minute. Uh, he also said he had fun researching above ground pools so that he could dunk on Marcus saying his pool was super expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds he, like the guys I, did not really enjoy this movie. I, I will say I bought, okay, this this was like two, 2003, 2004. I actually owned a above ground pool, which is like one of the worst things to ever own. Don't ever buy an above ground pool. Um, and it was around that same time. And ours was probably a little bigger than that, but it was pretty close to like four grand. Like I, I think that pool could have been four grand. Oh. Oh. But I'm just saying, I think that pool could have been four grand, especially in Miami. Yeah, are, are above ground pools more expensive in Miami or less? I would think they'd be less based on the no, laws. Maybe of they would be because you'd have more people. Demand, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I don't know. Uh, what I mean, you... an in ground pool is like minimum like 15 grand. Yeah, that's a bit more expensive. If you so, want but to I'm just saying, if you do like you think about it, I mean, four grand's not that crazy, you know, if you're maybe trying to go cheaper, but I don't know. And you can get a nice bathtub for a couple hundred. So, you know, I don't that's know. That's true. <laughs> you can get a blow up inflatable pool for that's like right. 30 bucks. There you go. So, I mean, you know, I, pool conversations are. A, this whole thing is just really frustrating to me. Yeah. Because I I, I married somebody who wants a pool and I don't because uh, there's so much work. Don't get a pool. They're terrible. And it's the only, so much the only work. way you get a pool is if you can afford to have somebody clean it yeah, for you. It's, you yeah. it's just like the amount of and, upkeep and I've I have friends who have pools and they that's nonstop complaining. Or you go with the disposable and you just say we're buying this pool yeah. for this summer and we're throwing it away at the end of the, Which the summer. Which is not something I like. So let's do something else. Let's go visit an existing pool and pay to get into that pool and enjoy it for yeah. when we want to use it and then be done for right. the day. Like my my understanding is if you're gonna do the pool, you do in ground first off and um and then you do salt water. Yes. Yes. Because I've heard that's a lot less upkeep. And it's but I don't believe people when they tell me that. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I, they're like, no, I spend like 10 minutes in it a week. No, you don't. It The idea of having a pool and being the kind of person who can upkeep a pool is appealing. But I'm just not that person. And my husband isn't that guy either. You no. know, we have a hard time keeping our shower clean. So, you know, hey, maybe that's the thing. Let's keep these things clean consistently for several years to prove yeah. to ourselves that we can scrub stuff. Right. Without being like, ew, my husband. Here's an idea. My, my husband won't even touch peanut butter on a plate. He'll just stand at the sink and spray it with hot water until it oh globs off because he doesn't want to touch it. I Why can't doesn't he imagine. use like a scrub brush or something? I, I don't know. Because then it gets in the scrub brush, yeah. don't you know? Yes, it spreads. Well, yeah, that's true. But can you imagine it, him being the kind of guy that like after, you know, the fall and the winter and the spring comes and it's Cleans time to get. the scum out? Yeah. I just, he's not that dude. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. If he was, whoa, he just got real oh, hot. Oh, that's the other thing. You like, got to close the pool. You got to uh-huh. open. Oh, it's it's awful. It's awful. It's awful. I have a, I have a question. Okay. Maybe a little personal. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. I don't know. Um, do you do, like, what do you do with your hair in the shower? What like, do you mean? Well, I, like, my, you, my you wife like wash it has, like, a ball of hair that, that grows, you know, in the shower. Is your, is Does women's hair just <laughs> fall out in the what? shower and you have to figure out what to do with it? Do you not have your wife's <laughs> hair in your shower, Jonathan? <laughs> Um, I, I don't, I've never had this conversation with her, but not rare. It's pretty rare that I see. Am anything, I wrong so. today? Isn't it not a thing? Like, I mean, it's a thing in our house. So tell, so what do you, what do you do with your hair? Like, how do you take care of the hair that comes out in the shower? Here, here's what, I, let me preface this by saying that I'm different now. Okay. Okay. But most of my life I've had longer hair. So you shampoo your hair and then you're kind of like, you know, you're rinsing it all off and then it just, it's all like. In that's your what I've fingers. heard. Yeah, that's like, what I, that's what Jen yeah, tells me. She's got long hair that's just sort of. I mean, we shed hair. That's just we're right. human. I'm just like, what is this ball of hair in the corner and of so the then shower? You kind of like take it off of your hands, and then rather than like jumping it down the drain, you set it aside. Right, because you don't want to clog the drain, and then you forget about it. That's <laughs> right. The problem. So that's maybe the my problem. wife just doesn't forget about it. But my thing, yeah, your wife is great. But my thing is, I didn't make a ball. I would just put it up on the wall, and then it became art and i'm not kidding guys you can think i'm disgusting i apologize but i used to like put it on there and then like move it around and make pictures maybe it was you that was telling me in a podcast at one point that you did that yes the problem is that i would also then forget about it and so then you just have this (laughs) come back and you've got this like dried hair on your wall yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So get a pool. That's going to be so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Clear. Like I said, I am not the kind of person who can manage that kind of responsibility. I just learned in my adult life to throw my own hair away. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Uh, all right. I also enjoyed. Uh, is this movie running for president? I thought that was a great line. Um, anything else that you guys wanted to throw in there uh, about this video? Um, my favorites of all time and i feel like i should eventually start making a list of mm-hmm. you know things that i enjoy but um my favorite of all time was that desk one and i think now that i know that um jeremy wrote it i wonder how he wrote it because you know we will submit like a script but i wonder if he delivered it and then wrote it i i don't know it just it's the oh, way it's delivered is so yeah it. it's yeah. so perfect and and it's, but should it be a surprise that the person who writes best for the character is Jeremy, of no, the narrator is, it isn't but this is the first time i'm uh, literally when i'm watching this video i'm just like that's the best ever and it's because I, he I himself remember, is so passionate about it i remember writing on mary poppins with him and he has this bit about an overweight horse 
that is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's just because the horse is so fat compared to all the other animals. And he just goes off for like, you know, a paragraph about this fat horse. And that was the moment that you're having right now, yeah. I think, where you're like, oh, he taps into something that we almost don't have permission to tap into. No, in no. Some ways. I, I feel like I have permission to do well, it. No, I know. Obviously, we but, have permission. I just mean like then it's psychologically. Like, it's a Yeah, it's a fabricated moment for Jeremy, whereas this was a true Jeremy moment. Right. He himself experienced while he was watching this. Right. The let's just talk about all the stuff on this desk and then just how it's delivered, how it's written on the screen for those of us who like to read, you know, but it's just, it goes on for quite some time. It's hilarious. I loved it. That one. And, and those brilliant. no evil statues are ridiculous. It was like, yeah, the, the way he's talking about one has two no, you know, see no evils and I, I no hear no evils. And- he, because that's Michael Bay though. Like that, <laughs> I mean, that desk is like probably Michael Bay's desk. I don't. Yeah. Who knows? That and dude like, is crazy. Like that dude, is so over excessive it's not just the action scenes it's everything so when he wrote the captain's desk thing i said man that son is my favorite ever and he responded with that desk is a prop master's fever dream (laughs) and and i said somebody was very desperate to prove that they were spiritual because that's kind of what it looks like it reminds me of one of those stores in the mall it's really bohemian they just kind of went in and cleared a shelf and then stuck it on there Um, well the joey pants character the joe joe pantaleano um, he um, he plays the boss and or their captain or whatever. And I mean, in all the movies, even the most recent one, um, that's always kind of his thing. Like he's always drinking Pepto Bismol and talking about how you know they're driving him crazy and stressing him out. And so they just went over the top. I can just picture Michael Bay like in the back, like the set decorators, like we good, like no, we need more incense, we need more incense, <laughs> we need more monkeys. Um, the stuff that triggered me, uh, just to kind of I guess transition to the other sins that sort of stood out. Um. There's a sin, I think, number 34. I took a screenshot. That's how I know. Oh, nice. Uh, Also, I can't tell if this scene is more offensive to women or mental health providers. Probably both. So let's tack on 25 for how icky this shit is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that stuff was happening kind of throughout. Just the the portrayal of the female form. And maybe that's Bay. I don't know. Maybe that's the early or the late 90s, early aughts. I don't know. But it's just, you know, it's one of those things and one of the reasons I'm kind of glad I haven't been really into movies and stuff. Because that stuff just bothers me to no end. You You mean you don't, you don't, you don't find getting a blowjob in a therapist's office sexy and funny? No. <laughs> That's no, God. No. I mean, not at all. Uh, but I do find funny the joke number 125. Mm, I sure could go for an ice cold Coca Cola right now <laughs> as the Pepsi. That was also yeah. really fun. No, so. as as someone who loves action movies, though, that that is not like a common thing that you, that is very much a Michael Bay thing. Yeah, um, I, I'm not saying there aren't other action movies that have issues but i am saying like there are a lot of really good ones out there that don't have crap like that at them um i just super side note totally random and completely unrelated what from you my phone is so full i have no storage nothing can happen on my phone anymore it's so not functioning i can't even delete a picture Oh, when no. I go to delete a picture, the prompt is there's not enough space in your internal storage. How much storage do you space. have? Not enough. <laughs> apparently. Does, um, does crazy? Google not have like a cloud that you can? Yeah, but she doesn't have a. Anyway. She's got a Samsung right now, which is an Android phone, but not technically. Or, a well, that, phone. that should have something too, shouldn't no, it? I'm, I saying, I'm saying it's so full, I literally can't delete anything to free up space. Yeah, it won't it's, let you do it. It's anything. not even letting me function. So I've got work to do. I didn't know that was possible. Congratulations, I didn't myself. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Well done. Uh, did you have um, anything else, uh, Jonathan? Yeah, I just, um, I I love the stuff where we do like the discount Mike. Like for this instance, it was discount Michael Shannon, but it was actually Michael Shannon. Yeah. 
Um, I always find that funny when it's actually that person. It's just, you know, and I had forgotten Michael Shannon was in this too. Um, and then the, uh, I loved the line, uh, fucked in the ass by a synchronism. I uh-huh. think I'm going to use that in my regular life. <laughs> of course you are. And there'll be many yeah. opportunities. Yeah, just yeah, at the sure grocery store. Right. You know, I, that, that'll be my, uh, like we were talking about grammar things that get on our nerves. I'll use that term for yeah. somebody. There you go. Uh, and then the only other thing I had was uh, Jeremy singing Will Smith's Miami where, and it was almost like the way he sang it, it was kind of creepy, which made it even funnier. No, I thought that was great delivery. Um, and yeah, this is uh, a great video for a really, really shitty movie. So with with a couple recently, we've kept the like words up, even though we've cut the singing a little bit short. And I edited this one, and I fought for leaving all of the singing in this one because it's <laughs> it's so fun to me. Just the the attitude he has with it, like it's just sultry. Yeah. It's like sultry narrator, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. you don't get you don't get enough of a chance to hear sultry narrator. Maybe so I should have said sultry in. instead of creepy. That's probably a better way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I love it. Let's go with sultry. (laughs) Let's do. Uh, Ready to move on to Dr. Doolittle? Let's do it. Uh, It's an Atkinson Hughes script. That's Uh, me! Chris and Danae writing on this one. That's us! Uh, what do you think uh, of uh, this Eddie Murphy movie? Uh, the, this this kind of era where he was making uh, silly, dumb comedies. Um, are we fans? Um, no, I'm not. Yeah, uh, sure. I kind of am. It's no, weird. It's, I fight with it's myself. It's weird because that's, I'm with you. It's got this nostalgic kick yes. for when you are watching a movie that makes no sense. I know. I it know. It makes no sense. There are, well, there are so many reasons not to enjoy Dr. Doolittle, uh, Nutty Professor, Clumps, you know, all these kind of, but there's something about Eddie Murphy that I have nostalgia for and I just watch him in this stuff and I just no, kind of smile and laugh. I love Eddie Murphy and I'm glad that he did. I'm glad Nutty Professor gave him like a second career because right before Nutty Professor, he wasn't doing well. Like his movies weren't doing well and Nutty Professor is funny, the first one. Yeah. Um, I just didn't like the stuff that came after that. And I know this movie's harmless and I know it's cute and people are going to say, you know, you're being mean, but I, I just, I cannot stand this movie. Ooh. Like I really hate yeah. this movie. Feel the rage. There's nothing about this movie that works for me. Jonathan, even as much as I love Eddie Murphy. The Sith Lord, Jonathan. Is it, is it maybe because you love Eddie Murphy? Like something like maybe. this? Maybe. Well, and you understand, I grew up, I mean, you know, I, I watched a lot of his movies as they came out, even though I was young. So like I saw four. 48 hours in Beverly Hills Cop and that was the Eddie Murphy I grew up on so when he transferred to like the more family friendly Eddie Murphy I'm fine with that you can make good family friendly comedies I mean I think Nettie Professor is a great example of that but I just don't think this is this just is like I don't know it's just it doesn't like Danae said it doesn't make sense I think it's kind of talking down to the audience half the time yeah um, Eddie Murphy doesn't even seem like he's really given a performance like he's just kind of running through the motions I don't know no I totally get it oh, yeah, I, it's I, a I terrible, told, it's a terrible movie is, the voice work is bad, like yeah. Chris Rock and Norm Macdonald, and yeah, no, it's awful. It's really yeah. awful. But I, for there's something in me that just. But why? Why do we like it? I don't know. I don't. And I wouldn't even say I like it. I just I get enjoyment from it. There, and there's something that's like that's awesome. A, a reminder. This is a reminder that there are movies that don't have a solid flow. And mm-hmm. you just forget to ask questions about it. And you just sit there and you kind of accept yeah, what you're you seeing. Yeah, and you, you don't just... care. And there's something about that that I, I miss. 
Yeah. I'm like, oh, look at this carefree movie that really doesn't make well, a lot of sense. I've, but I, I've brought up Six Underground once, and I guess I'll bring it up here again because it's a similar thing with that movie. I know objectively that's a terrible film, um, but I don't care. Like, I'm just, for whatever reason, I, you're right. You just give yourself to it, right? And you just be like, okay, do whatever you're going to do. I'm going to, you know, I hate the phrase, turn no, off I, my I, brain. I, I but, absolutely get that. I have movies like that. No, I totally get what you're saying. So, yeah, and it's, I think that's great. I think it's, I think there's something very, human about that a bit there's almost a grace to it right it's almost like there's in the way we treat other people sometimes we can go objectively i don't like the things that you've done or you know whatever but i'm gonna just not think about that i'm gonna forgive that and we're gonna go from here and we're you know what i mean like there's there's Mm -hmm. almost a weird grace that we can have with movies too where it's like i get you're an awful movie but i'm gonna sit here and enjoy this i don't (laughs) know i also think what one of the things i like about it too is that it's just so childlike yeah there's a childlike uh, childishness yeah. not that's kind of negative but like just there's but a you're right there's yeah. a youth to it yeah where it's just silly and and cute and you can see where it would be fun to watch as a kid and that's something else i'm attracted to i think is it doesn't have a lot of depth because it doesn't necessarily need a lot of depth for it right. to just entertain and obviously it was very successful in its entertainment i didn't <laughs> realize i mean it made bank so yeah. And it's it the the um I don't know it's kind of problematic as an adult though right like the um like the fact that he and you guys talk about this in the sins but like the fact that he won't just like show his wife what he's doing yeah no like it, that that that's very like sitcom esque and mm-hmm. never makes sense to me like it's like if you would just show her like you could totally show her I it would take you just a few minutes it would yeah and that's something that's it's I think maybe there's going to be a barrier for me as a writer like something that I'm just going to have to break kind of through somehow and that is whenever there's a children's movie in front of me I'm like a kid a child and yeah. I can't mm-hmm. think critically as easily as I can in other this happened with Adam's family this script for me was super hard really yeah and same with Adam's family like I really struggled with those because I'm I'm just like I don't you know just like, forgive it you're like it's a kid's movie I just forgive yeah, it yeah yeah and you kind of have to turn that off and just be like no 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 I'm gonna look at you as a serious piece of uh, art. yeah and then like and, and then both of those I actually worked with Chris and then to read his script and it's just like oh shit like there's so much more here to ask questions about and to mm-hmm. to realize is going on and so I you know I learned from Adam's family a lot about yeah I had that question about the lawn why didn't I have you know I could have just written that down and that works <laughs> um, and here it's a lot of I couldn't put my finger on what it was but it, he actually kind of worded it perfectly so I'll read what Chris said yeah he said what a weird relic Dr. Doolittle is um, it came out in 98 right after Eddie Murphy made a semi comeback with the Nutty Professor which Jonathan just talked about and he started doing these family friendly films at the time he says I don't remember watching it back then and thinking what a weird movie but that's what happens over time uh, watching it now it was crazy seeing how all over the place the movie is it felt gutted like scenes are missing but then there's so much filler and I guess this is par for the course but the movie does everything it can to allow a medical doctor to be a veterinarian and whatever else he wants <laughs> to be just because he can talk to animals so not a hard movie to sin at all for him <laughs> it's just a bizarre flick right so there is this part that it's like you know he's putting his finger on what the movie is doing it's saying because he can talk to doctors he's the superhero person talk to animals sorry that's what i meant to say. although talking to doctors is a skill as well <laughs> yeah, it is um because he can do that it just like forgives so much else and i also couldn't put my finger on like why is it it just moves from one thing to the next without 
really anything connecting yeah, it. Not a lot and, of cohesion in this And movie. to me, I'm like, oh, this is just the way that it's filmed. But to him, he's like, this is not how, this is dumb. This you is know? a mess. This is a mess. And so now after reading his script and then thinking about what I watched, I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's what I was experiencing. I just didn't understand you know, what it was. Finger. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. you're learning a lot too. As, as the resident non, Y'all, it's hard. <laughs> non-movie watcher, you're kind of going to film school in, in some ways. <laughs> okay. No, it's, it's hard. It's hard because, <laughs> and I have to kind of play to my strengths and just present the yes. things that I see and not freak out when the, these types of things happen. But for me, Dr. Doolittle was difficult. And for Chris, it w- it came really easily. So in this one, it was one of those where when we're doing the combine, it's heavy on Chris and sprinkled with my stuff, which is totally fine. I'm glad to be able to contribute something, you know, right. of interest. But uh, yeah, it was an it was interesting experience for sure. Yeah. Um. I I had a the things that stood out to me that were like frustrating to me is more like storyline wise. So like, for example, um, he seems to be kind of a family man. Um, he doesn't want to be called into work at odd hours unnecessarily because he wants to spend time with his family. Um, but then like he's, the kids are saying these statements like dad's far away, but they don't really like play into that. And then like, he's happy and jovial and kind of Mm -hmm. joking a lot. But I think they're trying to say he's not a family man, but to me, it seems like he, is a family man so yeah. that that was the kind of stuff and that's hard to sin right that's not as easy to sin as this scene is jumping from moment to moment because you have to sort of create examples of him ha- having this conflict so it's more of a feeling of the show that i really right didn't like i i did love that bit though about the part where the he says his daughter is becoming a wise ass and his wife says where do you think she gets that from and then you guys rightfully pointed out well eddie murphy is a wise ass but dr doolittle is like the farthest thing from that <laughs> Yeah, it, it, that's the, yeah that character that doesn't actually fit yeah, the character fits it the actor. And then it's like, but you, you're, he's supposed to be an ass. I mean, look how he's treating this his his child's guinea pig like he's gonna kill it. He's gonna kill the guinea pig. The, he's gonna put paper on it that, which by the way, I'll talk about in keeping tabs. There's this, there are all this stuff that he's doing that's kind of dark and twisted for someone who's a doctor. Um, some mm-hmm. other things I found that were really confusing that we definitely touched on, and and Chris. Uh, Chris's perspective was more solid and kind of easier to follow and so his is kind of really in there the way he speaks to animals is really confusing because after watching it two three times it's like sometimes he'll he'll like bark and that's communicating with an animal Mm -hmm. but then you never know from moment to moment if he's supposed to be squeaking or barking or mooing or braying or whatever (laughs) he's supposed to be doing because he's not actually doing it he's speaking English so it was it was really weird. But when he interprets for the dog whenever he's at the vet, that's even more confusing because the dogs are supposed to understand humans. So the entire time in this show, and I, I did get to kind of put my perspective in there in the script, it's just, it seems to not be following its own rules that right. it sets, but it took mm-hmm. me three watches to kind of understand that because yeah. there's these different references for how his like universe works. So. Yeah. Anyway, I can't imagine having to watch this movie three times in a row. <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, I wanted to mention Cotton Candy Without the Sugar just because I, <laughs> I feel like that is such a perfect description of a movie like this that it feels like Cotton Candy. And we've already talked a little bit about how, oh, this is just dumb fun, you know, Cotton Candy. But when you really think about it, it's like, you know, there actually isn't even the, the sweet taste, you know, that the, the Cotton Candy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and it just dissolves in your mouth yeah. really quickly when you start to think about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so I thought that was really good. Uh, what about you, Jonathan? 
Um, I mean, I just mostly had written down the stuff, just everything, and Danae touched on this, just about how the, the, the animals communicating really worked. Because, like, in the vet office, you had all those animals that clearly knew why they were there. Yeah. Um, it's almost So it's as like, if... if they're already understanding humans, mm-hmm. then why are they so shocked that they can understand yeah. him? It was just stuff like that. I just, I loved how the, the video just kept tackling all that, because that was probably the most problematic part of the movie. Yeah. I also think it's just a weird movie, too, because isn't, I mean, it's been a while since I've watched it all the way through, but... The tiger is like the Albert Brooks tiger. Like he's like depressed, right? Like he's thinking about committing suicide. Yeah, your first introduction is that the tiger is at the very top of a tower about to leap to its death. And there was something that I kind of wanted to do where, you know, movies joke about suicide. And this one definitely does that. You know, there's even animals at the bottom of the tower egging him on. It was really another correlation to Bad Boys 2. I I think both movies don't deal with mental health very well. No. Um, and you know, the whole tiger thing is just what a like what a mess that whole thing is. You know, we don't have the ability to feel things in our brain. So he wouldn't the tiger wouldn't have been able to say, Yeah, there it is. You know, there's just like this whole and the whole like surgery thing and it's just that whole thing was just absolutely like Yeah, well, I'm just curious what you guys think about that because I mean there's been a lot of movies, especially like uh like movies with like criminals and stuff where they'll go to a vet to get yeah. like a bullet removed. Sure, yeah. But this does seem like crazier than that because I guess, I mean, the idea that he would know animal physiology, I, I think that the tiger, at least he's, you know, you would assume tigers have general brain in the same area we do. But um, the where he resuscitates the, the rat. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, it that, it was very confusing. It's almost like uh, in and I've, I've also seen the Robert Downey Jr. do little that uh, that just recently came out. And I have the same feelings about that movie in this regard of the communication and, and the different things. It's almost as if a movie like this needs to make up its mind about is it magic or not magic? Like, if yeah. it's magic, if it's just this magic thing where he hears what animals are saying, even when they're barking, then you don't have to worry about him barking back or whatever. It's just magic communication you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. so i I think a lot of times uh movies don't actually take the time to think okay is it just going to be unexplained magic or are we actually going to try to explain this because once you try to explain it you got to live up to that Uh right and i think movies oftentimes should just be let's just not explain it and it's just magic and then we're all good right like we can just go along and suspend our disbelief but um but yeah the the Doolittle movies seem to kind of want it both ways Mm -hmm. sometimes my understanding is that the eddie murphy do little is miles ahead of the robert downey jr do little i hated the that's robert my understanding downey yeah mm. this is two movies i've said i hated in this wow. episode <laughs> uh yeah i uh, i did not i i have very little patience for a movie that it, that attempts mediocre and doesn't succeed <laughs> like it's you know like it's not even going for anything it's not even taking a swing it's just blah media mediocrity right. and it's not even good at that but did the so animals you got robert downey jr making his first like non-marvel movie in however many years yeah. and that's unfortunate did uh in the new dude little did the animals emote oh sure of course that's nice yeah. I was really surprised, actually. I heard they fart a lot. They do. They have lots of farts. <laughs> oh, my God. There's yes. lots of butt jokes in this one. So it's like the lighthouse. Literally, the, the, the <laughs> climax of the film is a giant dragon fart. It is literally... <laughs> I have, yeah, I've had that spoiled, and I'm okay with that because I'm it so is, glad I know that. It happens. is literally the crux of the plot. Okay, so when well, in this, this one, it was it, in this one, it was the rat that had to fart. It it, it was yeah. it wasn't like dying from like heart failure. It just had bad gas yeah. and kind of passed yeah, out. Gas had like for, a, for a minute. Yeah, had an, yeah. 
I was impressed with some of the anim- the animatronics, though. It's, it's kind of fun to look back and see how movies like this were made. There was obviously CGI stuff happening, but there's also some animatronic stuff happening in this. Um, the tiger, uh, the most obvious one is the tiger surgery and stuff at the very end. That was all, you know, animatronic. Yeah. But um, there was so much emoting happening from these animals. And having just come off of talking about Lion King, I was really excited to see also in the comments that people were like, there is more emotion happening in this one than there was with Lion mm-hmm. King. Yeah. Yeah, right. And that was true. I I actually had that thought while I was watching it. Um, yeah. And some of the animal stuff for me was actually kind of fun nice. and silly and goofy, especially the apartment stuff. Like you put your like little kid head on and like you're like, oh, it's so funny. All these animals showing up in the apartment. And, and maybe, know, I should, silly. maybe I should say that about the new one, too. Uh, if, if you're five to 11, I th- maybe you can have a great time with it. I think that's important for me to say because it, it definitely has that vibe, you know, of a child may you know enjoy yeah, this. my uh my daughter who's eight she really wants to see it and i'm trying to just based on what i've heard about it i'm trying to figure out if it's okay for me just to uh, leave her in the theater by herself while i go play video games <laughs> there you or go something. there you <laughs> go um before be we right. before we go on i had a couple more things that sure. i um while writing this one i learned about censoring the word dick Oh. And I didn't know this, so I thought this was kind of a fun behind-the-scenes thing. Well, I, and this isn't just uh, this is uh, common uh, standards and practices. I didn't know this, right? No, so yeah, it's talk not about common it. and standard in the real world. <laughs> no, it is. It really is. No, for TV shows. Yeah, no, no, totally. Yeah, I'm talking is. about like, like in real life. Oh, in real life, I see what you're saying. Like your day-to-day yeah. conversation. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah no, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, I have to think about these things and how to censor stuff. It, right. You, you can censor dick when it's a body part. But don't censor dick as an insult. Right. You don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. So like in, in, in this particular one, there were two, there was both of these moments. And so I'm like, well, we censored this over here. So are we mm-hmm. censoring it here? And then I had to learn the context. Right. If you're it. talking about a, yeah. a, a, genital, a body part, you if you're talking about a gen- genital, then you, you, censor. you censor it. If, but it's, if, if it's explicit, like you don't right. censor the word boob or tit. Right. But you have to censor other words. It's yes. really it's it's really male and female organs, I would say. Or is say. it is it just reproductive then? Yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, just okay. genital. reproductive yeah. organs. Gen- yeah, genital I should, only. I should spe- yeah. specify. Don't have to censor toes. Nope. I just don't like saying the P word, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't either. You'll notice that. You mean penis? <laughs> no. I do not. You don't have to censor penis. Uh, no, and in fact, when when Danae made that comment, because I was helping with the edit, I uh, I noted back, "Don't be a dick, Danae." Yeah. And no, I didn't really. But uh, yeah, no, you. Didn't. I should have. You still have time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, mm-hmm. those are my dogs. Mm-hmm. Those are my. Uh, every time I.
I talk. Wow. Is this how Aaron feels? When we're. Okay. We're going to try this. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. All right, let's move on to uh, keeping tabs. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. We're each going to uh, tell a story from putting together the week's content. Maybe a Google search, some strange research we did, a deleted sin. I have three. Today has three of them. <laughs> three uh, things the you three, looked up? The three represents the three-hour show that we're going to be doing today. Uh, I'll make it quick. I'll make all right, it quick. All right. Well, why don't you start since you've got three? Do you want to do all three in a row? Sure. All right. Go all ahead. All of them do little. Go ahead and- uh, I searched uh, searched about egg sizes because she has this massive egg and I wanted to kind right? of have an understanding of that. That egg was definitely not an alligator. That Alligator eggs are about the size of chicken. Chicken eggs. Yeah. The one that she had was basically like a dinosaur. Like <laughs> was, an ostrich. Oh, that was, was at ostrich. the yeah. That was at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. It, yep. Um, I kind of wanted to reference when it hatches that it had to be that big because of the animatronics that ha- obviously mm-hmm. had to like be there. But yeah. uh, the point was made just fine as is. But I looked up egg sizes and I didn't realize alligator eggs were that tiny. You know where eggs come from? I have. I have them. A cloaca. That's where the. Uh, I have the a eggs... cloaca. <laughs> no, no, oh, you don't. Shoot. Your eggs don't come out, Danae. You don't. You don't. Oh, actually true. lay your I eggs. don't I don't your eggs stay inside excrete them. and they, they wait for a partner to come along uh, oh yes please let's explain this <laughs> right now do you want me to do all three of mine or yeah, just yeah, one go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Um, them out. the other one was making sure that I did remember correctly how horses see because that really bothered me in Dr. Yeah, Doolittle. They have a blind spot in the front. And I only I used to ride horses for a brief, brief time. My mom and my dad scraped together money so I could take horse lessons because I loved horses. Mm-hmm. And so I would go, I think I went for about three months. And um, I just learned a lot at that time. And one of them is that, like if you stand directly in front of a horse, that's their blind spot. Their their eyes are like on the side of their head. Yeah. And they have insane vision. Like it's super Which cool. Which is why you have to put blinders on them if you want to keep them focused on going straight because they can see everything around them. Yeah, their their field of vision is like out to the side of like kind of a little little to the front of the side and all the way uh, around their bodies. Yeah, which is why you don't stand behind a horse. Don't stand behind a horse. Yeah, FYI, I am terrified of horses. I love um, them. I've so never much. had anything happen to me, but they're just I don't know creatures they're that huge. are huge. It's the way they look at you, like they're thinking about whether or not they should kick you in the face. <laughs> that might be you, Jonathan. That might just be you. <laughs> the way that they no, look I don't know. at I just, you. I didn't even realize it either until my, I mean, as a kid, I never was around them, but my father-in-law um, has them um, on his farm. And um, so when I started dating my wife, I realized I did not like getting around them. Um, I was like, oh, I guess I'm scared of horses on top of the other hundred things I'm scared of. Great. Their peripheral vision is incredibly mm-hmm. impressive. I, I just wanted to make sure that I understood it because when he put those glasses on, this is their field of vision. Oh, yeah. That's it's impressive. Huge. Yeah. Um, but they don't see you directly in front of them. So when you're putting these glasses on the nose of the horse... 
to affect its you're, eye yeah, vision. Yeah, you're not correcting you're not the right correcting part of the vision. vision. Yeah. So I, I kind of got to focus so, on that. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't understand. Because even though the glasses are on the eyes. Their vision still comes out to the side. To the side. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. It so was, it would it actually definitely... have to be, they'd have to be like headphones almost. Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. They need to go over the eyes, which means that they needed to come around a little bit more yeah. so that it would affect the yeah. whole field of vision. I mean, technically, maybe there's a little bit of overlap from the weird magnifying glass glasses that he made. But, you know. The point was made. Nice. Uh, I had fun on that one. And, and the, furthermore, you guys still also pointed out, how did he even get to Dr. Doolittle's apartment? How did he get there? How did anyone get there? Uh, how does anyone get anywhere? Uh, then the <laughs> other one that I looked up was tragic. And this is the one that was in the sin. Kids just don't. But the whole like sticky paper thing. I just, I shouldn't have Googled it. I did. It's a terrible, terrible death for creatures. Yeah. To have literally just ripped apart. It's yeah. awful. Uh, so what a terrible way to die. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sticky paper for rodents basically means that they stick to the paper and to get themselves free, they'll either break their body to get out, they'll rip their skin off, chew their legs off, chew their legs off, uh, or they'll just starve to death forever. So do you think uh, I'm asking you genuinely as an animal lover, do you think a a quick like rat trap is more humane if you're the kind of person Mm -hmm. that is going to kill the rodents in your house? I always did traps. We had a we had a mouse problem at our older house. And because a lot of people, because what I understand is the glue traps uh, are supposedly more humane because you can release them. No, but if you you don't rip them off. Right. Yeah. Even if you go to rip them off, you're still ripping off their. I think they're maybe humane to get one of those. uh, They have like those plastic house traps basically yeah. yeah i think there are more humane glue traps that, that dissolve in water like you that'd can... be nice where you have to bathe them before setting them free <laughs> yeah, i don't know give them a nice little spa day and then set them on their way i would think either a straight trap or poison or it's like those command strips where you just have to pull a tab a specific way and it releases <laughs> right, and it just releases the rat <laughs> see i think there are i think there are more humane traps but yeah anyway it's... it was disturbing i was sad yeah well, on that note, uh, Jonathan, what did uh, what did you have in keeping tabs? This I week? looked up Canadian laws. Of course, everybody <laughs> needs to know Canadian laws. This was obviously when I was working on Shit's Creek. I was just um, well, and I didn't even think about it being in Canada. So, like my first script, uh, Danae had to keep correcting me because I had like IRS instead of CRA and stuff like that. So then I was like, when I was thinking about other things to talk about, I looked up Canadian laws to see if I could do anything with that. And I didn't. But I did find a lot of interesting laws. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One is uh, because of some old uh, bootlegging law that they've never taken off the books. I mean, at least on this site that I read this, uh, you can't uh, take alcohol between provinces. Mm. Um, uh, It's illegal to do that. Apparently you can now. They've they've lessened it a little bit to where I think you can do wine. I'm sure there's going to be people from Canada. They're like, you're an idiot. This is old but well it's kind of like read. it's kind of like what we're dealing with with marijuana in america right now right like where there yeah. are states where it's legal and yet federally it's still technically a crime so yeah trying to figure that stuff out in the process yeah, so you can't like drive it across state lines or yeah. take it on a plane or yeah um and then some more interesting ones um there these are specific to certain cities so this isn't all over canada and i didn't write all the cities down but there was one where you can't build a snowman higher than 30 inches of course not. I mean, you know, once you get up to like yeah. 32, 34 inches, those yeah. snowmen dangerous. are just dangerous. Yep. Yeah. I mean, think of the uh, size you, carrot you would have to use for the nose. I mean, alone. that would Imagine be having that much snow to where you could build a snowman <laughs> that big. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, you can't paint your garage purple. That was one of the cities. I like um, that. I like that. 
Purple yeah, garages are a bad idea. That would be idea. ugly. Who'd want to paint their garage purple? Can't climb a tree. That was one of them. Um, there's a limit to how much change can be used in a purchase. I believe in this specific town, it was $25. <laughs> that's a great law. I love yeah. that law. That's, really? Yeah, that's hilarious. That's great. It's like, we're, we're, t- we, we're tired of your stuff. All right? Just bring cash. Okay? Bring cash. <laughs> we're sick I of- agree. Who would pay for something that's $25 and change? That would, Oh, that you yeah. deserve we're- whatever. You deserve to go to jail. <laughs> Um, in London, Ontario, I'll just do these last two. In London, Ontario, if your grass gets to be more than eight inches, the city will cut it and then send you the bill. Oh, that um, happens here. Mm-hmm. I've had that happen to me. Yeah. So. I would, I, depending on how much they charge you, I might just let them do it. We, they um, sent us a notice. They sent us a notice that our lawn was getting uh, too long. Mm-hmm. And so we cut the front yard, not thinking they were talking about our fenced in backyard that nobody can see. And apparently yeah. they come and peep over your privacy fences. Was was that a city thing or is that yeah. HOA? Yeah. No, it was a city thing. Oh, yeah. See, we have an HOA so I we in our neighborhood. What, what, uh, didn't they say you were going to be arrested? My wife my wife went to court because it was in her name. Like, for whatever oh, yeah. reason, she was the one. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we had to go to court. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it was. It was very interesting. <laughs> it was, then, it was um, a bad day. The last one. I'll, yeah, that sounds awful. God, man. Just you would think you'd have like there's real crimes happening. Yeah. Um, there yeah. must or maybe there's not in Missouri. Maybe I need to move to Missouri. Um, in Petrolia, Ontario, this is the last one I'll do. Uh, Petrolia is how I'm pronouncing it. That might be wrong. It is illegal to whistle between 11 p.m. and 7 a.m. Yeah. Don't you whistle overnight outside? Oh yeah, or and then there's also a bagpipe bylaw. Um, they're apparently really weird about bagpipes. Like you, if other instruments are being played, you can't play the bagpipe. And it was, I don't know, it was a whole thing. It was weird. We have a bagpiper you, in our neighborhood or we did. Oh my God. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, I researched, um, what estrogen does, uh, for the, uh, of course you did for the, the triple threat or whatever. And, uh, and it was fascinating. I love doing it cause I, I, apparently don't have i'm not heavy in estrogen um you know and so i'm more a testosterone uh creature uh but uh but it was fascinating to see kind of the specific different you know things that it does and that and also here's the other thing now that we have a female writer i kind of like to i kind of like to pretend that i'm her and like (laughs) what would danae write about this you know kind of thing are you still in the same room with him do you need to do you need (laughs) to leave uh i need a safe word i I dread See what does he have like one of your dresses in the closet or something? Uh, safe word. Uh, but I found it I found it fascinating because as you do research on hormones and kind of how they impact the body and different things like that, and I mentioned them in the sin, you know, the idea of sore breasts and you know uh, tearing out your insides once a month and that kind of thing. My favorite. Um, the uh, there's also a real kind of scientific understanding you come to about how, uh, and again, I don't mean to take this too deep, but we're having a big gender conversation in our culture right now. The mm-hmm. idea of gender and what it means, and uh, non-binary, and the idea of uh, you know uh, people um, self-gendering, and how we gender pronouns, and all this kind of stuff, and you just start to realize how scientific, how many different scientific ways we determine gender. Uh, you know, we talk about estrogen and testosterone, and we think that means male and female, but it doesn't. You know, there are certainly many females with higher testosterone levels and males with higher estrogen levels. Uh, we think maybe it has to do with what genitals you're born with, but but people are born with, you know, both genitals sometimes. People are born with mm-hmm. and mis, you know, misidentified by their genitals a lot of times. Like it's just it's becoming more and more fascinating to me that we would think there is, you know, an ultimate way to separate people by gender when you the more you look at it scientifically and I don't know, the more I, I kind of studied into the hormonal stuff, 
even especially, I was just like, I think it's completely uh, appropriate to understand gender as a construct. It is something that we put on people. And the idea of what it means to be a man or a woman is really, it's more nebulous than a lot of people would consider it. And I think that's valuable to kind of continue to look into that. So I don't know. I, I, I Again, I don't mean to take it deep or any kind of political or anything, but I just think it's it's so valuable to kind of have those conversations. So I just kind of want to talk about that as I, I looked into the that's really interesting. Good yeah. for you. I mean, that's something that not everybody even wants to look at because they don't know how to like perceive it. You know, well, we've it, just, I mean, very obviously the, the science we've, the very simple science we've done in the past is, oh, look, a penis, that's a man, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But it's, uh, it's deeper than that. It's, it's, yeah. more, and it's more interesting than that. That's what I like. It's just, it's more fascinating than we think it is. And for me, that's the exploration and gender politics, all those kind of things. Those are conversations certainly worth having. Um, but I think you have to come from a place of humility to say it's, n- I mean, the cut and dry aspect of it isn't, you know, everything that that our primitive minds have made it to be. Mm. So, mm. yeah. Mm. By the way, did you? I didn't watch it last night. Um, I did record it because I was curious to see it, but uh, I, I just read about it. The nine one one spinoff, the one that's taking place in Texas with Rob Lowe. Did you see that? Where one of the firefighters is a is a transgender character. The character is transgender. No, I, I haven't seen that. No, and it's actually played by a trans actor, Mariah Michael Smith. But I don't, I don't even know. I was trying to think. I know other shows have done it on cable, but I don't know if a network show has ever done that. That's a good I thought point. That was I, interesting. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, you know, there have been many trans characters that I've seen recently um, in mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, in fact, my uh, my Beyond the Sins. Uh, there's a, a prominent trans character oh, okay. uh, in the show that I'm going to be talking about. Uh, and yeah, I think it's just becoming more and more aware of people's stories and the authenticity of their perspective. And I just, the more we can have the humility to uh, be open to that, I think the better off we're going to be as a culture. Same. Well, even the, uh, the, the, the first 911 show has a very, like, it's got a very, there's a lot of different types of people involved in the main cast. Like there's an Asian character, there is a, uh, there's a gay uh, female female who is also African American and you know so well it's and a I also more diversive and it's also coming uh right after you know who Billy Porter is uh yes right yes. after a conversation is pose Oh, I, I don't know the show he's on, but he, he talked to me about masculinity and kind of how mm-hmm. that impacted his childhood and what people's definition of masculinity was. And he likes to wear dresses and, you know, uh, get butterfly tattoos. And, you know, it just it like it messed up his psychology of understanding, well, because I'm, quote unquote, a man or what that means, what does masculinity mean? And I just think it's so important for us to have the ability to yeah. to have open conversations about it. So and he. He is on Pose, uh, which is also a Ryan Murphy show, just like nine one one. So I guess Ryan Murphy is really trying to, and Ryan Murphy's done a lot of interesting things on yeah. even on Aaron's favorite show, American Horror Story. So um, good. Ah, uh, world where we don't even have to talk about labeling anything anyway. Right, right, and that's kind of it's you know it's, anyways. Impo- it's important to talk about and it's important to keep at the forefront. So yeah, I thought that was. That was uh, interesting as I researched that. So, uh, ready to move on to the comment section? Let's do it. What do you mean comments? That's weird. We never do this. <laughs> I want to know what you're thinking. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're each going to uh, take a look at one comment and one comment only from this week's videos. I I have six. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Oh, no. Danae's turning her computer. Oh, my goodness, Danae. (laughs) 
You should have talked about them in the video discussion. I know, right? Uh, We really are going to have a three-hour show. Uh, All right, let's take a look at the comments, and uh, I'll I'll kick us off. Uh, I had one, um, and I even forget which video this is because it doesn't reference the video specifically. It says, is it nitpicking that nitpicking is spelled nitpicking and not nit space picking? And the answer is yes, and it's glorious, and thank you. I love that. Uh, I did some research on the word, you know, nitpicking. Picking, which yes, is a one word thing now. It is N I T P I C K I N G, one word. Uh, and it means, uh, as far as definition goes, the state, uh, no, to engage in fussy or pedantic fault finding. And is there a better definition of what we do at CinemaSins than fussy or pedantic fault finding? Uh, So I love that definition. Uh, And then, of course, the reason it started as two words is because it literally meant picking nits, like the idea of what monkeys do to each other when they groom. They would pick little bugs off each other, the nits, um, which are basically kind of how hair gets cemented to each other. You know, Mm -hmm. like if you've ever like... um, Delicious. I forget what we called them in school, but somebody would come up to you and they'd rub your arm hair around in circles until it got all, you know. Oh, uh, uh, Indian she, rug burn. Oh, yeah, I, of course Which it has some sort of racial yeah, yep. uh, yeah, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But Of course it does. Uh, but anyways, those are nits, like when the hair gets all matted. And so, you know, monkeys, as they're picking uh, bugs out, will also pick nits. Uh, out and um, so, anyways, and then we and then we ball those up in the side of the shower and we forget about them. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Of course we do. Hey, Danae, I think Aaron took an, about the amount of time for like three comments, so I think you're you're good. How Thank dare you? you. How you. dare you? Thank you. I took exactly one minute and forty two seconds. I have a timer in front of me. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jonathan, no, why really don't you go next? I which one am I going to? pick i'm going to do this one from uh dr doolittle uh jay kirby said you've never seen two rats standing on their hind legs and a, a few people commented on this yeah by the they way. did uh fighting on top of a garbage can apparently you've never walked the streets of new york city at night um maybe but uh what i want you to do is i want you to send pictures or videos to aaron because i don't want to see them <laughs> but i want you to send those to aaron dicer and prove that that's a thing because i do not I'm believe game. you no. i am game listen <laughs> I completely open up uh, the behind the sins at cinemasins.com email to whatever crazy photos uh, you want to send my way of rats uh, fighting Insane. on their tightlings. Insane. That's what it's for. Proof. Photo proof. Pixar didn't happen. That's uh, the new. Can we just be have Pixar didn't happen at cinemasins.com? There you go. Actually, yes. I can set that up for you if you really oh my want God. that. We should. Oh, that's asking for a lot of interesting things to happen. All right, Danae, what do you got? Um, mine is actually from Schitt's Creek, uh, and this is the comment from Schitt's Creek. For now, uh, for now on, I don't know why it's for now on, but you know. For now on, let's just start with the first episode of everything. I still want to know what moron told Jeremy to watch <laughs> season two of My Hero Academia and not episode one. Then it is 104 uh, likes at the time that I took a screenshot and then over 10 replies of people having a conversation about not only that we're still talking about this a week later, but just all that you can imagine. One of the ones I liked in that is he hates dialogue in general. So asking him to send any anime is a landmine in the making, no matter what episode you ask him yeah, to start on. I, I think um, in, in fairness, I, the pilot sitting probably would have been very similar, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's funny. Yeah. It was just really funny that a week later, there's still a conversation about that. And that's, <laughs> 
So when you, when I showed you my screen, it wasn't that many comments. It was that right. was the comment chain after that one particular. Right. So that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And that's all I have. Uh, what? Yeah. Well, you showed me a whole page of stuff. That was the one comment and then uh, all of the responses. I see. I trolled you. You <laughs> did. I mean, you get all upset for no reason. I didn't tell you <laughs> oh. about it until now. <laughs> Real quick. We also got called out a little bit for the dependence thing. Um, yeah, we, we looked that up. So Oh, oh, dependence but, over 22 thing yeah, or whatever? Yeah, in Canada. That's that's the law. Yeah, so. that's that's a Canadian thing, not an American yeah, thing. Yeah, guys, calm yeah. down. Which American's not that much different. Although it is it is crazy, though. It goes up to like 27, like if you're still listen, in college and stuff, which is insane. Listen, if you're upset about it, I just have one thing to say. Blame Canada. All Blame right? Canada. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, wor- I'm more worried about you with four boys that could live off you until they're 27. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as we get to claim them on our taxes. Uh, that's we'll true. Be, well, that's we'll true. All right. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the question of the week. This came from Carson via email. Uh, again, you can get your questions into us at behind the sins at cinemasins.com or behind the sins pod at gmail.com. Uh, either of those work. Uh, and Carson sent a list of questions and I picked this one out. I really like it. it says, are there any plans serious or just hopeful for a mass media release piece of entertainment from anyone on the team writing on a TV show, uh, making a movie, writing songs for an actual release album, combining sins into a book, not to downplay it, uh, but I'm not including the Ables or its sequels just because we already know about those. Um, so I just thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, on the Sins team, what kind of, how else do we create in our day-to-day world like other mass media consume kind of stuff? Um, Jonathan, why don't you start? I mean, so is this like, are we plant like d- just, oh, if we have any plans or anything? Um, yeah, just like, do you write on, you know, do you write stuff other than, you know, the Sin script? How do you like to create? Have you, you know, where do you find creative outlets outside of CinemaSins? Um, well, one thing I do that's kind of silly is I, I love making lists. I just... I just love it. So I, I, a lot of the times, like I'll be watching a show or something and I'll have my laptop in front of me and I'll just be like creating like new letterbox lists and things like that and going through. And, um, I mean, that's not, I don't know if that's really a creative outlet, but it's just a way I just keep my mind going as far as like hopeful. Um, I really want to write a mystery novel. Oh my God. I want to write a mystery novel so bad. Um, finding the time to do that is a whole other thing. (laughs) Yeah. And that's where it kind of comes down to for me too. And, and, and I, and you know, time is an interesting thing because I've, I've been proven wrong over and over again. Mm -hmm. We have time to do the things we want to do like we find ways to find time like if i say i don't have time to do this creative thing i want to do you could point at my life and go yes but you just binged two seasons of this show Mm -hmm. you know what i mean absolutely like so the we do we are blessed uh most of us with actual time to be able to do stuff it doesn't feel like it because we also work hard you know Mm -hmm. and we're working a lot and working hard so it doesn't feel like we actually have time um and maybe if you think of work-life balance we don't have time because you need that down time to energize you for the creative time that's, yeah that's the i guess that's that's a better way of putting it yeah. um, time with your family and yeah uh, sure, just right. time to yourself work-life balance to- is is a huge thing and so i don't you know but at the end of the day if somebody says you actually do have time to do this you're probably right if i you know if i wanted to get my work-life balance out of balance and actually always work like literally all my waking hours work then yeah um but it's it's kind of finding but, that but i am i am hoping that's becomes less hopeful over like the next year um, and a little more a little more like something that I actually create I don't know I mean I'm very inspired by what Jeremy's done I mean I mean Jeremy's writing novels and yeah 
he he works just as much if not harder than we do so yeah. clearly it can be done yep absolutely um and i would love to do that i also have a few nonfiction ideas about like certain like tv shows or something like that but that would definitely be something where i would have to have something in place where somebody wanted to pay me to do that because yeah the nonfiction work takes a lot more of research and things on that uh, that line and so if if it wasn't something that i thought could actually because if you write a fictional book i think that's even if you don't sell it it's still like something you accomplished yeah uh, i think the nonfiction route would have to be more i'd have to pitch it to somebody and see if i could get funding yeah so, what we'll about see. you Danae? um I am excited that this job is honing a writing skill for me because I've always wanted to write a book. I don't have plans, but I, I mean, Aaron, you can attest to this. I have stories all the time. You've got a great fantasy story I idea. Have a, I have a sci-fi fantasy story idea that I, I pretty much, I try to get it out of my head and kind of write down the bullet points because mm-hmm. I suffer from uh, instantly like jettison, I just jettison ideas. Some people I call it ADD, things. but yeah. I don't think it's ADD. It's not, but I mean, that's kind of the, the general vernacular of the, the idea. The the thing that I do is I just, I'm like, okay, well, I'll just stop thinking about this now. And then I forget that the way that I'm built is it just means that means I will probably forget it forever, which well, super I've, sucks. I've told you your own ideas and you've been shocked by them before. Like I, I have come to you and said, you remember when you had this idea for this thing and you're like, oh, that's a great idea. And it's your idea. You should be right those then if she's forgetting them, i mean come on <laughs> so i i should just steal them i don't have yeah, there you go. the uh i don't have a lot of experience i'm gaining it now in what it means to sit down and write and focus and so um i wonder if that's part of my trajectory in the future is to sort of have more confidence to do that because you know you're right it is you spend time doing what you want to do so i would love to be able to say that I've written a book at some point in time. That'd be really fun for me. Even if it's not like one that everybody on the planet knows about because it's like sure. one of the big ones. Just to kind of like get a story out. Yeah, just to get it outside you. Yeah, and yeah, then, that's... Yeah. Also, there's a, a something that's starting to, to develop in my reg, more like consistent life with my daughter where she likes for me to tell her stories. And so at nighttime, I make something up. And it's usually something Sweet. very simple. Uh, there was one recently that she was really excited uh, about. It was actually the first one I ever told her about how she, uh, a little girl had two dogs and they turned into butterflies and she jumped on their back and went on an adventure and they flew in the sky. And then she realized that she missed her mom. And so she came back home and her mom was happy to see her and said if you decide to go on another adventure just tell me before you leave and then they had you know milk and cookies and went to sleep or something sweet like that it kind of ended this and i just her eyes when as i was telling the story and then also at the very end she goes wow me that was a really good story and so i just thought how cute it could potentially be to just write simple stories like that and for kids but there's you know why comes to mind when there's so many good ones out there but also why not we're just in the age where anyone can write and self-publish um i did at one point in time think about doing an album although i and i have recorded self-recorded uh some songs that i've written um and i did wonder if at one point in time i would ever want to pursue something i've done you know sang in front of people and done like little mini concerts Mm -hmm. around my own town and stuff like that um but i don't i don't think i'm built to focus on one thing it's just not who i am yeah and and that's part of it too part of the pain of being a creative person that has a a lot of ideas is laying them down right is like having this and you know in your mind this could be something interesting uh and i've had creative ideas together of uh i still think are great ideas like the idea of the for fur and varky show like the idea of Mm -hmm. you know the our personalities mine and captured in an aardvark hers in a 
a wild cat. A wild cat like in a, the like aardvark. A cat. The aardvark is a pet in a pet store who never gets sold because who wants an aardvark, right? And this wild cat sneaks into the store to have conversations <laughs> uh, with the aardvark. And that we would record these five-minute conversations, <laughs> philosophical, deep conversations about stuff as an aardvark in a cat, and then somebody would animate it. Like, I think that's a fun idea, right? Like, yeah. that's mm-hmm. Yeah, for you know, sure. The Fur Fur and Varky Show! <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, hey, Danae, would your album sound anything like those noises you were making <laughs> It would if I recorded it now. Yeah, if huh? I recorded it now, yes, that's what it would sound oh, like. Yeah, I, I want that, absolutely. <laughs> At least 10 tracks of that. Um, oh, but and Aaron, and you and, uh, which you, I don't know if you're going to talk about that, but you and Jeremy actually had that really cool podcast idea. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. And there are podcast yep. ideas that we've had. Like Jeremy mm-hmm. and I have talked about doing uh, a podcast idea from because we have basically have the exact same upbringing. Both of our dads were pastors in the exact in the same you mm-hmm. know small denomination um, and uh, in the Midwest. And we're the exact same. I mean, we're literally like a week apart of from each other as far as when we were born. Um, so we've experienced the world in much the same way. Um, and we've kind of both had, but we've had separate journeys from that point with our faith. And so to have a podcast about faith, you know, um, you know, from the two of us from our different perspectives was, you know, another one that we've thought of. And, and really, the Furfur and Varky show was also kind of uh, philosophically <laughs> based on uh, based on how Danae and I are different as well. Are you that okay? Name is great. <laughs> so. <laughs> and we and we actually have a picture of Furfur and Varky in the studio. Yeah, somebody we do. somebody drew up we uh, had what, them they draw. Lo- yeah. what they look like. And then so. I, and as they drew my character, they said this scares me. <laughs> yes. Um I can post it if you guys are interested in seeing but it. But the idea of I have always been in the Christian bubble and that's kind of the pet store, right? And so I'm asking Danae or this wildcat, Furfur, you know, what's it like in the real world? Because yeah. you've gone and experienced the real world and you know, and so there's kind of even that philosophical element that, that tweaks yeah. my brain that I really like. So what's what's fascinating about this stuff is the idea of that just sits there, right? Mm-hmm. It just sits there to the side and you don't lament it because you're not constantly thinking about it. But when you do think about it, you're like, Oh, that that's you know, that's <laughs> That's an idea that could be something, but it's not Absolutely. right now. And so that's that's part of the weird thing about being a creative person is having because I have tons. Like I have an idea for a mobile game that I think be absolutely one of the best selling games ever. I have a couple of ideas for an app that would be amazing, right? Like and just you you have these things, and they may not be the best thing ever, but in your brain they are, right? Yeah. Like in your brain you have this, you know, you, this, something you want to create. Um, I also have a sci fi concept uh, that I've actually talked with Jeremy about that he likes as well. That is that just has like it's in me and it needs needs to come out of me. I think I've talked um, about it, but um, I think you and Jeremy could write like a killer sci-fi film. Um, but anyways, I, I even have the title and it's just called Destiny Falls and I I know exactly where it's going. Don't tell I me know anybody. I know um, you know who the characters, a lot of the characters are. Uh, it's a it's a uh, three novel uh, arc um, that each novel kind of plays a different. Anyways, I I like I have this thing happening in my brain, but again, I'm not prioritizing the time mm-hmm. to sit down with it and to get it out you know, in yeah. words. And that's, that is the creative conundrum, I think. So yeah, it's, I, I am right now experimenting with launching a podcast without a plan because, um, as a creative, I have so many ideas that it can actually stall momentum. And so I like on December 14th, I was just looking at my, one of my posts, like, I just was like, fuck it, I'm doing this thing. And it's terrifying because I don't have a plan. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to keep up with it. But I need an outlet. Like I just need an outlet somehow, and so that's something that I'm doing. And it's like 
I don't know. So there's a, there's part of me that like I like I like being creative and having ideas, but then stepping out and doing it is really scary. So uh, I'm I'm challenging myself to write, and I'm challenging yeah. myself to follow through, and hopefully that means that in time I'll be able to really focus on something that it germinates, like you're talking about your storyline, Aaron. Mm-hmm. You know, the stuff that I have been germinating on for years, maybe I'll actually like give it space to live. So I, I love this question. That the question that when I read it though it was like, do you have plans? And the answer is no. <laughs> no, none of us. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we kind of don't. Depends have plans. on how you define plans. <clears throat> and I guess I would also say. That there is no shame in a creative idea never being fulfilled. I like I hate the idea of someone feeling like I had this great idea and I never did anything with it. Um, I'm an awful person. Like that's right. you have to understand that ideas go unfulfilled. That yeah. is just that is something that is going to happen. Now, if you want, if and a lot of it does have to do with the, the passion you pursue something with. If there's something that you're really excited about and you can prioritize that time and find that time, yeah, pour yourself into it and make it happen and get it out there and whether it succeeds or fails it actually succeeds there's no shame in in trying something that doesn't end with the result you thought it would either like there's just no shame in the creative process it has to be an open process that can leave things by the side of the road that can send things down the road that maybe should have been left by the side of the road Uh that can send things down the road that are great you know what i mean like all of that is beautiful to me and that's just part of the process so um great question yeah i really enjoyed that question thank you carson and again if you have a question for us uh you can send that uh, via email Behind the Sins at cinemasins.com or behind the sins pod at gmail or BTS at cinemasins.com <laughs> or what was the other one? Send me your pictures. What was I don't remember what it was now. Pixar didn't happen. Pixar didn't happen <laughs> at cinemasins.com. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, to... Should I actually make that a real thing? Sure, go ahead. Okay, picks with just with just C P I C S P I C S or it didn't happen. Okay, I'm going to go make that right now, so if you guys use it, it's going to work. Pixar didn't happen at cinemasins.com. All right, let's move on to Beyond the Sins. To infinity and beyond! Somewhere beyond my wildest dream. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Uh, let's chat about something from the uh, from the pop culture world that we've seen recently. Um, I've already kind of hinted at mine, so I guess I'll go first. Uh, I started watching Mrs. Fletcher on HBO. Uh, cool. I am going to start with uh, you know the granddaddy of um, warnings. Uh, this is a very explicit show, uh, pornographic-wise as well. This isn't one of those shows where it's like, oh, it's about pornography, but it doesn't show pornography. Like, there are moments in this show where it shows the pornography the people in this show are watching. Um, so it I'm, is. I'm, I'm sorry. Is this the one with? Um, is it Catherine? Han, right? Isn't that Han, who Catherine Hahn, yeah. I just want to make sure I knew what you were talking about. I have not seen this yet. I've heard about it. So I think the entire full, full first season is out if you have HBO Go or now or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's Catherine Hahn, uh, and her son is played by Jackson White. Uh, and basically it is the story of what happens when she empty nests and, dis- and discovers kind of the sexual side of herself. Um, this is a weird, I don't know if I'm recommending it or warning it, you know, per se or whatever. But I find the the way that this show handles her um, exploration of her sexuality fascinating to me uh, because it just seems like such an honest uh, thing that she's going through in understanding who she is as a sexual being when she hasn't been a sexual being for you know so many years that she's mm-hmm. been raising her kid or whatever. And the thing that I'm falling in love with this show is actually the journey of her son, who is a grade A jerk. Like he is. 
an awful person to people he's gone to high school with, to whatever. He's your typical bro. And he goes off to college to join a frat and, you know, be that guy and binge drink and all those kind of things. But what's interesting is the show has empathy for him as a human. In a way, I haven't seen this character given empathy. And by the end of the, I'm not going to give a lot of the stuff away, but um, by the end of the first season, he has a complex story arc that is just starting to develop. And I cannot wait to see what they do with this character um, because it is just it is the typical Stephen King bully, you know, kind of character, but given a, an authenticity of his humanity that that I that I find really fascinating. Uh, huh. One of the uh, main characters is played uh, by Jen uh, Richard, who is a trans woman, uh, and she is um, you know, playing a trans woman in the show as well. And I've just again really appreciated those conversations and kind of the show how the show handles those things. So uh, a, a discerning recommend maybe because. Again, it is a very explicit show, but I'm fascinated by the character work that's going on here uh, in both the main characters. So wanted to get that out. What about you guys? What do you got, Jonathan? Um, I guess I had a couple of different things. I think I'm going to talk about the TV show. Um, so I started watching a show that premiered on USA Network about four weeks ago called Dare Me, um, which is, I guess you would call it a mystery suspense thriller. It is set in the world of high school cheerleading. But it's also based on a very popular uh, novel by the the author, uh, Megan Abbott, who writes a lot of these type of suspense thrillers. Um, I don't know. It. I read it. I'd seen a couple reviews about it that made it kind of intrigue me, even though I normally probably wouldn't watch a show about cheerleading. But um, this is a really, really well done show. I've only seen the first two episodes. I think I think the fourth episode aired last night. So I don't know where it's headed. Um, but I'm I'm definitely in for the at least this first season to see what's going on because it's it's pretty fascinating. Um, you've got uh, Willa Fitzgerald. The actress Willa Fitzgerald plays this um, uh, cheer coach who gets brought into town for this high school team um, to try to make them better. Um, and then you've got a couple of girls on the team that kind of form the three main characters. Um, one of them is played by, I don't know how to pronounce her name. It's H-E-R-I-Z-N. I'm going to go with her Eisen, uh, Gordliola. I'm going to go with. Um, and then Marlo Kelly plays the other character. And Marlo Kelly's character is kind of, I guess, what people would refer to as the queen bee. She's the one that thinks, you know, she's the shit. And she's always kind of been in charge of the, she's always been like the main cheerleader and all that stuff. And then, of course, the Willa Fitzgerald character comes in and kind of breathes reality into the situation. I do think that Horizon Gordiola, which I know I'm butchering that name, um, she's someone to look out for. Um, I could totally see her being someone we're talking about in a year or two in movies and, and whatnot. She's really, really, really good actress, really good young actress. Uh, but the but um, she comes into town to take over the cheerleading squad. And uh, I guess I won't give too much away, but stuff starts happening um, with the characters. And, um, and um, yeah, I guess, like, kind of shit gets real. Um, and like I said, it's definitely in that mystery suspense thriller uh, genre. And um, I think anyone who enjoys that type of show would be into this, even if you know nothing about cheerleading or anything like that, because it's it's uh, it's really smart. Uh, it's really dark and like it's 
it's got a really cool style to it. Um, I think USA is kind of sneakily, uh, sneaky, kind of sneaking in there with some pretty cool shows. Uh, the Center obviously came started a couple years ago. That's become a pretty popular show. Mr. Robot's ending, but that would be another one I think you would throw in there. Mm-hmm. Um, they've actually got a show about the Purge based on the Purge that's actually pretty good that's been on for a couple years. Uh, they did a, a Born Identity show this past year um, uh, called Treadstone, and then um, they've got another one coming up with Rosario Dawson that looks really good called Briar Patch. They're just they're doing these really interesting, dark and kind of like thriller esque um, shows, and they're kind of kind of recreating their identity from you know back in the day when they had stuff like Monk and Psych and and whatnot. They're kind yeah. of changing uh, changing everything up, and it's uh, so far it's been really interesting. But but this show is just fascinated me after two episodes I, I can't wait to see where it's going so if that sounds any if that sounds interesting to you at all i'd definitely recommend checking it out i assume it's on hulu or something else as well um if you only stream and don't have cable but it's on the usa network on sunday nights nice you mentioned uh briar patch um which has been fascinating to me because uh it's created by a guy named andy greenwald mm-hmm. um and he for many years has been on one of my favorite pop culture podcasts uh, he's one of the the two main co-hosts and so oh, it's okay. one of it's one of those weird things where somebody who i don't actually know but i feel like i know because i listen to their podcast is you know kind of having his creative breakthrough moment uh and it's it's kind of one of interesting it, it happened because sam esmail actually started listening to their podcast uh oh, and, and started guesting on their podcast and i think they developed a relationship and so sam esmail is uh producing uh his show briar patch so yeah, it looks really cool. It kind of looks like um, it reminds me, for whatever reason, of Oliver Stone uh, had a movie called U-Turn. Um, I think that was like in the late 90s. Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's like that small town, like paranoia kind of, I don't know. It just looks really interesting. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Good stuff. Danae, what do you got? Um, I am going to recommend a YouTube channel. I love Jenna Marbles. This is not the YouTube channel I'm recommending, but it's kind of in that world. Uh, she and her guy, Julian, they do a lot of really great. He's got a great channel, a vlog channel. And of course, she's got her famous longstanding YouTube You've channel. You've been telling me about Jenna Marbles for a long time. It was one of the very first things uh, you introduced <clears throat> me to in our friendship. Yeah. You know, I really like um, when there are women that are just boldly themselves and it gives me confidence Why? to be Why? bold. Only myself. Why would Weird. you like that? That's so strange. <laughs> and I've actually been told that I'm like Jenna Marbles, and I always find that as a compliment. So nice. thank you. But anyhow, she and Julian uh, started a gaming channel. So they're, the channel is called Je- Jenna Julian Games. They're on Twitch. Uh, and because I like their personalities, um, of course, I was really excited to see that they are starting to do a playthrough game series on Detroit Become Human. So I've watched many gamers play Detroit Become Human before, but now Jenna Marbles and her boyfriend are doing it. And so even though I have seen a lot and I'm like, I got to be done with this. I have to be done with this game. I don't I've never even played it myself. Isn't that interesting? But I love watching it. And it's one of those games where every choice you make has, you know, repercussions. repercussions. It has it unlocks different abilities for you to interact with your environment. So, you know, if you pick up a clue or something, then that's going to change how you can do something else later on because you have this clue. But you might have walked over it. You might have skipped it or or maybe you decide to talk to somebody and you're rude to them, well, then that's going to change the conversation patterns that you can have. And at the end of each kind of chapter that you're playing, it shows you the the line of decision making that you made that got to the end of the chapter. Right. So you kind of even get to see how many more options there were or, you know, you don't 
there's just all there's all these different things. So you can watch someone play this game and not really see all that it can do. And then I think I've watched some of PewDiePie play back in the day of uh, him playing this game. And then there's some other gamers and they make different decisions. So here it's Jenna and her boyfriend who I adore making these decisions together playing the game, which is super fun for me. And then, of course, they have no idea what's going to be happening later. And now I do. So that makes it fun as well. Anyways, if you've played Detroit Become Human or you've watched anybody else play this game before and you enjoy Jenna and Julian, you might have fun. They just started uploading a week ago, though. So this is going to be one of those where they're going to be releasing them every week as they play. It's going to take some time for them to play the entire game. But I uh, I literally watched two hours of them playing this. Yeah. We're talking about like where I'm going to find time. Uh, now, at the same time, I was cooking and cleaning and doing all the things in my life. I wasn't just sitting down. It's like a podcast in my ears, but it's YouTube. Right. Um, so I, I've already invested many hours into this and I will continue to do so because I love watching them like argue about whether or not to steal a coat. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> the Let's Play culture has been such an interesting development uh, over the past several years. And I, it makes me wonder if movies and TV shows weren't so particular about copyright stuff, if there would be like a Let's Watch you know, community, because that's the thing about Let's Plays is they they let their games be shown in these streams, yeah. you know, for people to play and comment on or whatever. Um, but you can't do that with movies. And, you know, I just I, there it's 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 fascinating to me to think, you know, that opening up and giving the freedom to do that is actually benefited these games in a lot of oh, ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I wish I wish content owners could see the benefit of being a little freer with what they how they let the public own, mm. you know, their material. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, I yeah. can see that. Anyways, so that's my recommendation. Um, all if you're if you're a gamer, if you like Twitch, this would be something that might be might be fun for you. Nice. So, it, what channel is it on? Its own specific YouTube channel, Jenna okay. Julian Games. Jenna Julian Games. Well, there you go. That's going to do it for behind the scenes this week. Don't forget to make sure you are subscribed and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. You can hang out with us on Twitter. Uh, it is at BTS. No, at CinemaSins BTS is the main show Twitter. Uh, we have our individual Twitters as well. I'm at Aaron Dicer. She is at Danae Says. D E N E E Says. And he is at Sam Loomis 13. So for Jonathan Watkins, Danae Hughes, and myself, we'll catch you next week. If you fall, we'll catch you. <laughs> <laughs> if you fall, catch you. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BehindTheSinsPod at gmail.com. And be sure to subscribe or message us at Twitter. And be sure to visit CinemaSins.com. Why don't I hear you? Oh, you didn't. <laughs> I didn't have... Oh, crap. Why is there something always wrong with our recordings? I probably should blow my nose and pee okay. at the same, same time. time. Do it. But I'm going to do it in the bathroom because it's very messy. That's the reason you're going to do it in the bathroom. <laughs> What's up with that? A couple of problems with your bathroom downstairs. And I mean 700. But uh, you're One of, for each pubic hair? <laughs> yeah, I lifted the toilet. There were six pubic hairs. I, uh, I had to God. wipe that down. And then once I... And I'm also peeing into... Some kind of demon summoning soup. <laughs> I just nice. want to let you know your children are gross. <laughs> and I'm a horrible all, host. All children are gross. I don't know. I think I'm convinced Iris is just going to be clean as a whistle. Uh, that's the hope, right? I mean, how were you as a child? Were you clean? Were you a clean child? What do you mean? Like, were you? did you clean up after yourself? You're, Never. You're, right. So. <laughs> yeah, good, lu- good luck with that, Danae. Uh-huh. <laughs>
yeah, I just keep telling myself it's it's going to be fine. I'm just I'm just going to say one thing that having cameras in your main rooms in your home uh, will do for you is uh, remind you that that nose picking thing never goes away. Everybody picks their nose every once in a while. Oh yeah, I'm I do sorry. mine when I drive. Ooh, what's up with that? What's up with that? Do you know that reference? Nope. <laughs> I'm literally just trying to mimic you. You you are captivated. No, let me tell you what was really happening. I mean, I was partially listening to you, which is not abnormal. <laughs> abnormal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what percentage of listening do you six. usually do when I'm talking? <laughs> six? Six percent? In this, I get no, six no. percent in, on a day-to-day basis? No, no, no. Not a day-to-day. Just in this particular moment. Because I had that thing going on where, you know, our, our professional headphones that we've got yeah. have like the swirly yeah, yeah. Swirly cord. Yeah. Like and like spring. It's like a it's, yeah. Had a kink in it, you mm-hmm. know, where they somehow got backwards. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was doing that thing that sometimes you can magically get them to just instead of unwinding everything. Right. It's like fixing a slinky. You can sometimes it just goes and yeah. then just magically. And so I was fixated with that, and I apologize. And never magically released though. No, it did it's fine. Look, oh, good. I fixed it. Good. Mm-hmm. That's the important thing. Not that I was listening <laughs> to my friend. Six <laughs> percent is what I get. Just in this moment. Just in, in, in most moment. moments, what would you say? What? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was explaining to Danae uh, the <laughs> SNL sketch. What's up with that? Oh, I actually had that. Yeah, that written down. I was. I. I. I, uh, I guess I didn't notice that in the script. So when I saw it. Um, in the video, I I died. It's so great. It's one of my favorites. Oh my, it, my wife and I still quote that. Uh, the uh, we always what is it? it's um Keenan who's the fl- the Fleetwood Mac guy? Oh yeah 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 that uh, Bill Hader played every time. Yeah yeah. Why can I not think of his name? That's terrible. Yeah, well, I don't I don't know either. Danae would know. She knows what? Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, she's a huge Fleetwood Mac fan. Yeah. What What's the question? Lindsey Buckingham. I forgot to listen again. Lindsey Buckingham. We were trying to remember who was in Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. Oh yeah. Because it was just this random thing where Bill Hader would play Lindsey Buckingham. He was a guest on every episode, but he never got to talk. And it was just <laughs> like I don't even know. I don't even know where they came up with that. Oh, it's so random and it's so funny. I, I just. I just I was telling her how much I love it and she was oh. giving me 6% of her attention while I did. Like there so. was there was one where it was in one of the in one of the parts where he was singing they had the the girl that fell down the well was yes. just randomly there. Remember that? Yes. Oh my god. I and I was telling her I they don't do it anymore because so many of those random pieces have left. Yeah. You know, Sudeikis isn't there anymore. Haters obviously not there Armisen. anymore. Armisen. So a lot of the the randomness that, you know, kind of got added over the the years has kind of gone, but I kind of wish he'd redo it with new randomness cuz Oh it's, yeah. It's Man, Sudeikis so in that sweatsuit just yeah. like running or whatever he was doing. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> he, he comes it's in. Just, it can't be explained though. It's just you just have yeah. to witness it. <laughs> I told her, I said, Sudeikis, yeah, you're just waiting for Sudeikis to come in in his tracksuit, do the running man, and play the saxophone. Like, it's just, <laughs> that's that sketch. And if you've never seen it, you're listening going, what what is going on? And if you're not listening, even, like maybe listening 6% yeah. to the story, then you're uh, even more wondering what's going on. In fact, I'd say maybe you're wondering what's up with that. Nice. What's up with that? Where's your focus now, Danae? I'm looking at pictures of uh, uh, my phone. What kind of pictures? Porn? Um, Are you looking at porn again? No. Okay. Well, no, some people might feel like it is, but it's not. <laughs> so are you are you feeling better? Yeah. Um. Technically, yes. 
So you I, just kind of like out of nowhere got sick as hell, basically. Oh my God, yeah. That's was, always fun. I was trying to figure out, like, I, I did have to go on last Friday. I had to go to the doctor because I need to get a referral to a um a, a specialist for a potential mm-hmm. surgery on my wrist. And, oh, no. And so, but I started getting sick on Tuesday. So maybe while I was at the doctor's office, I picked up something. But it was legitimately yeah, like gross. at one or thirty in the afternoon. All of a sudden, my nose started to kind of run, and I remember saying to the people that I was spending time with, "Guys, I'm really sorry. Like all of a sudden, I'm just—I guess I am having an allergy leaking. thing. I'm leaking all of a sudden." And within <laughs> 24 hours, I had gone through two Kleenex boxes. Oh, that's the worst! Oh, wow. And I sneezed so much that my jaw hurt from like my like, clamping shut, and yeah. I started to have the ability to experiment with how I sneezed. Like I decided. <laughs> Because it was happening so much, Only I'm like, Danae. this time I'm going to try it this way. Because I'm like, obviously, what my- a silver lining. <laughs> That's a, you're not usually that kind of. You're just like, you know what? If I'm sneezing this much, I'm going to do some experiments. Well, here's the thing. Obviously, my body is trying to get something out, uh-huh. and so let's stop sneezing out of my mouth. Let's just go full on nose this Nasal time. Nasal sneezing, which is terrifying. Yeah, because you're like making a commitment. Snasling to blow air, ridiculous like quickness yeah. out of out of like a really small cavity instead yeah. of like your mouth yeah. so two, two small cavities yeah you, well one that turns into two but here's the thing like when you're when you're all clogged up you don't know how it's gonna go like what if all of a sudden just a whole bunch of snot appears i know that's not how it works and mm-hmm. then like it blows your brain you know what i mean this is just terrifying <laughs> it blows that's your exactly brain. how it works yeah that is how it works and that's that's <laughs> i mean that's scientific yeah. hey if you're gonna leak though i think your nose is a good is a good spot to yeah, leak from I as leak opposed to all other the time i so- mean monthly there's so much leakage that happens <laughs> It's just a lot. Normalized menstruation. Normalized <laughs> menstruation. What else? What else did you experiment other than uh, snazzling? Oh man, I have gotten to do so much with snot rockets. Okay. Which did I know, you close one nostril? Oh yeah, I did okay. the whole thing because I'm trying to get it all out and. And when you concentrate the airflow, you just get better. And then, like, I would change also my, like, I would lower my chin towards mm. my chest to sort of, like, get a different angle. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I've been experimenting with all kinds of, anything to do with sneezing and snot. Did you experiment with uh, false sneezing? Have you ever done this? At you? No, no, no. The other thing where you actually have to sneeze, but you just, you continue to let the air come in until all of a sudden the sneeze goes away before you actually sneeze. Have I... you ever done this? I did not. I have done it before, but I didn't this time. This time there was so much legitimate sneezing happened uh, happening. I was trying to get whatever out of my body. Yeah. I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that I sneezed 20 times in the course of just a few minutes. Yeah. Like I'm going to say, let's say five minutes passed. And my husband was like, you, I've never heard anyone sneeze this much. It was so much sneezing. Did you try an ice cube? No. It works. I'm telling you. Suck on an ice cube. Not when you have illness <laughs> that is trying to come out of your body. All right. Fair enough. And it's still just lingering, which is why I sound ingested because I am. <laughs> so you're saying don't go to the doctor. Never. I hated it too. I just, listen, I have a bone like thing protruding from my wrist right now. Yeah, is, you've got stuff going on. It is alarming to look at. You should probably at. get that taken care of. And instead of being able to go to a doctor who can take care of this. And by the way, she's not kidding. You like, you can see it. It's like she oh, has no, a I growth. Mean, 
I assume if you say that, yeah. I, it, that's what's happening. So, so it's very clear. I need to go to someone who knows how to take care of this. Yeah. But first, I have to go to the doctor, my regular doctor, oh, to get a referral. To... Yeah. So I have to go into gross illness for no reason. It, it reminds me of when I would have to take my infant when she was an infant for her monthly or semi-regular wellness checks to make sure that they're growing properly. So you have to take them to like disease soup area mm. just to just to see that, you know, like yeah. just to make sure. And then mm-hmm. she picked up getting sick several times just from going to the doctors. It sucks. My my whole immune system changed when I started running like uh, 12 yeah, years ago. You might not have been sick, but you've had other things. That are a lot worse. Oh, yeah. No, I've died. Yeah. Certainly, I've died <laughs> yeah. a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's not uh, much your immune system can do about your heart stopping. No, I, 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 I'm okay with a cold over that. I yeah, don't right? think we can right? say you died a couple. I think that you passed out. No, I died the second time. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, right. my you heart, were zapped my heart yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. My heart okay. was stopped for It's like almost you're a, a robot. Like, you weren't kidding when you said you were half Terminator. Right. No, I love it, man. I've always said, bring on, bring on the mechanics. Put them inside me. Yeah. Put your nice. metal inside me. Wow. All right. I think, I think that's... But I really... I don't get the referral thing. Like, if you're if you're sick, why wouldn't that doctor that works on that type of sickness just be able to see you? Why do you have to go see somebody else? Yeah. It's a it, weird it, it's system. Just, it's weird. I don't understand. There, I'm sure there's a reason, because I, I know nothing about adopting a doctor. Uh, I did stay at a Holiday Inn. Well, if there's one thing I know that the U.S. does really well, it's healthcare. Boy, we've got that all figured out in this country. <laughs> So <laughs> you got you need a drum roll or you need a, 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 a rim shot crash. Yeah, I'm just going to skip. Yeah, like, exactly. It's like after that, you're like, uh, what is it? The whole like uh, I uh, I flew from Vegas. My arms are boy, tired. are my arms tired. Yeah, I want to know how people smell. All right, we'll get there. <laughs> we good? Yep. All right. All right. Here we go. All right, here here we go. All right, uh, here, 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 here we go. Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. You had a bit of a Nixon in there too, so I was confused. Jimmy Stewart host. Danae, if you need to sneeze, go ahead. I'm gonna. I I, I need to blow my nose. Do it. Blow. Impressive. That was very I mean, impressive. I, think I just fell in love with you. I don't even know how I'm gonna continue <laughs> this. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 